Healthy Growers. Hello, and welcome to the Southcast. On Sunday, the 7th of February, 2021, I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Another snow day podcast. And indeed, Robert Kemp. There's snizzle, my dizzle. <laughs> there is snizzle. There's a lot of snizzle, in fairness. It's a... More than last time, certainly. Yeah. It's a veritable pile of snizzle. There's multiple snowmen out for, out front. Really? Multiple. One of them looks like a wedding cake, in fairness. It's like all the layers are flat. <laughs> it's like they're not really round ball shapes. <laughs> right, cake shapes instead. Yeah. Everyone's been watching too much Bake Off, apparently. <laughs> we thought we'd just make a snow cake. You've got your own walled-off garden. Is there enough snow to make a, your own in there? You know what? There might be, actually. Probably not a massive one, but like a little diddy, diddy fella. You have snowman midgets? I suppose they're all kind of midgets. <laughs> I'm sure there I mean, are some giants. I'm probably snowmen comparable to real human size. I mean, I could, I could have just... As much as real humans exist in Animal Crossing. <laughs> I could have just called them child snowmen. That would probably been less offensive. It's probably easier to make one in your back garden than it is to make one in Animal Crossing. Well, unless you easier know to the make, technique. Yeah, <laughs> easier to make one of a specific size, maybe. Ideas specifications, snowman. So, is this supposed to be the beast from the East Mark Two? I mean, that was crazy two years ago, wasn't it? Was it only two two years ago? Yeah. I think it's not as crazy as the. I do remember one time where there, there was it was pretty deep around here, anyway. Where it was, um, uh, Noam and I went for a wander in it, and it was, it was, I had inappropriate footwear. That's all I really remember. <laughs> I hope it snows loads. It's the perfect time we don't have to commute through it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it doesn't bother me none. Yeah. Noam got a shop in yesterday, so she went out and did that. And then, nice. So that means, you know, absolutely no need to leave the house for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely stocked up snowed in but not quite because you can still go outside i did a i mean it snowed a, it snowed here a couple of weeks ago in fairness and mm. went out for went out for a run in it yeah which is kind of entertaining i mean it's you're not going to have a good run but you know the novelty's effective it's all right as long as it's not ice on <laughs> if it's yeah true it's crunchy it's snow like, you're all right yeah thick crunchy snow is quite lovely yeah well, it has that cool effect where it traps the sound, right? So it's, it sounds all super quiet for some reason. I don't know. It's still a little bit. No, I just mean like ambiently when you're not stood still. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so much a building echo. Yeah. Kind of reduces the reverb on the on the world. Nature's baffling. <laughs> Indeed. That's how we should sell it, like to be like <laughs> the day the day after tomorrow is not all bad. Everything will be much quieter. <laughs> It'll be super baffling. Well baffled. I mean that was a pretty baffling movie. I mean, yes. Was that the one with the CGI wolves? Uh yeah. Yeah. Man. 
and they were trapped in the New York Public Library for some reason. Yeah. Those wolves were nearly the worst part. <laughs> was that the one where the helicopter, like, the fuel froze while it was flying? And it... Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that makes sense as well, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, what temperature does fuel freeze? It's not actually that low, I don't think. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh so like minus 50 or something. Okay, that's still pretty low. But I guess it would have been colder than that in the film, right? Yeah. Not a great film. And I quite like my like terrible disaster films. Disaster movies. I mean, it's fine, but it's not really a disaster movie. <laughs> I heard there's a new disaster movie because they're not very common now, are they? Is yeah, it Greenland. Greenland. Yeah, yeah it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be pretty good. What's that about? Meteors. I don't know. Oh, I was okay. in Meteors again. Armageddon. I suppose it's been a while since Deep Impact and Armageddon, so you know yeah, they're allowed. So I think they. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they're going for a more. I, I, I like. They're, they're splitting it up in. It's not just going to be one big impact. Right. <laughs> they're going to have pre-impact. The idea, I think. So they're going to have a chance to have like destruction that you could actually live through. <laughs> so that's going to be some part of the movie. So it's not just like instant. Yeah, it's world, not just right? like a whole bunch of like social commentary and then the film just ends. And then the film ends because everyone dies. <laughs> There's not going to be the actual disaster <laughs> continuing to happen during the film. Right. <laughs> what was the film where, is it Armageddon where a small piece of it randomly breaks off and destroys Paris? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they needed that, to have that, something that blow sort up. Of the same, same concept. I forget, like, yeah, whereas Deep Impact is just one big landing somewhere, isn't it? Not many. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, the it's, not really in, that it's not really involved in the film at all. <laughs> no. I forget, was there some sort of mission in Deep Impact there to actually was try and solve mission. it? And, yeah. Yeah. I really can't they, remember much. They weren't about heroic that, enough, so they failed. <laughs> no, they failed. <laughs> they were Bruce Willis. They didn't have enough Aerosmith behind them. They didn't hit things with a wrench until it worked. <laughs> complain about Taiwan because <laughs> that was the plot of Armageddon was like we need oil well drilling people to like drill into this asteroid like we can't astronauts aren't, don't know about drilling we need like blue collar that was the point right and Bruce yep. Willis was like a I mean that's think... fine like it's probably technically true but like you also <laughs> probably want a higher proportion of astronauts as well yeah. <laughs> you can't just only send the oil drilling dudes <laughs> There was like one astronaut, wasn't yeah. there? Like and and well no, there was one American and one Russian, wasn't Russian, there? And that yeah. was that was the entire professional. You probably uh, realistically outfit. only need like one guy who knows the drink. <laughs> yeah. Oh bad. But then you wouldn't have Steve Bashimi in space. Because <laughs> he he's real one? useful. <laughs> yeah, he's in it. And um and what's his face? Batman's in it. Christian Battle. No. Oh, the new Pick one. a different Batman. Batfleck. <laughs> Bat, Batfleck. Batfleck, yeah. I think Batfleck's in it. Yeah. And Liv Tyler, presumably, because... Because Aerosmith. Aerosmith. <laughs> yep. All of that. Although I still like Armageddon quite a bit. <laughs> it's a stupid, stupid film, but I, I do like it. <laughs> Liv Tyler, I always remember there's an interview with her after Lord of the Rings, and, the, and she was talking about Steve Tyler 
uh, you know, her dad and, and, and saying to her, is that you speaking all that Elvish or whatever, all that made up language? And she's like, yeah, fuck you, dad. I'm an actress. <laughs> of course it's me. <laughs> <laughs> you went overdubbed in Elvish. <laughs> yeah. That's quite funny. I, uh, I randomly fell into a John DiMaggio hole recently, just like watching videos of him because I, 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 multiple reasons, but we've started watching the new series of Disenchanted and uh, he plays Zog in that. Uh, but I kind of forget that he also plays Bender. Uh, yeah. And, and Marcus Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. He does a lot, right? He's yeah. He's pretty good. Actors, yeah. <laughs> he's pretty good. He's quite fun as well. He seems like a generally comical guy. <laughs> so that, that helps. John DiMaggio. Where have you gone, John DiMaggio? Our nation... Oh, no, that's Joe DiMaggio. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Any more film news? Film news? Um is anyone watching more films through in lockdown or less? Because I, I don't seem to be watching them because I can't be bothered. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I'm watching that much more, but because you know, we gave up on going to the cinema, obviously. Yeah. Um so I think we're probably watching the same amount as we used to, just mm. uh in different dribs and drabs here and there. Like we watched Solo a few days ago. Oh yeah. Because we because we hadn't watched that. It's all right. That's fine while you're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> like most of the recent Star Wars, where it's like it's fine when you're watching it, but don't think about don't of the think about things it that are happening or the story. <laughs> yeah. You know, what? I'm not I'm not even sure about that with the last two mainline ones. I mean, I was feeling a bit. This is a bit odd during during both of them. Oh, me too. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> Those ones are not the best itself. But that that's more a matter of like they're they're bad enough that you can't help thinking about them while they're happening. <laughs> Because you're not being distracted by the pretty things on screen. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But then I, that's what I guess. I guess this has the same reason I quite like Rogue One, and that like it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's trying to be super epic or anything like that. It's just trying to tell a relatively simplified story, and therefore is a bit more successful at it. Yeah, you see what I mean, I, I, it, I don't think there's anything special about Solo. It's fine, but. As I say, in the in the last few uh, from the last few Star Wars films, I'm all right. We're fine. It's okay. Although maybe you know the whole like maybe they didn't have to tell the story about the castle run. Maybe that was better as a as just a throwaway a, line that doesn't even yeah. make sense because it uses the wrong units for the yeah <laughs> just yeah just forget about that. That was just exposition for like five seconds in that movie. Just <laughs> in twelve parsecs, you know. Yeah. I mean, they could have explored the fact that he's basically a drug mule, right? Mm. But they didn't. Something know. like that. Because <laughs> the spice presumably is a drug, right? They talk about that. They even they even made it for pointlessly added a subplot in the Rise of Skywalker, where um, what's his name, the uh, the pilot, is a drug smuggler too, right? Right. What they um, just chew that in Poe Dameron, yeah. He's got like a shady past as a spice smuggler. And it's like you don't need to add that. Like Han Solo's <laughs> already got that. <laughs> and so every, everything has to have spice. 
<laughs> the spice is everywhere. The spice must flow. Spice is rice. But obviously they had to add that because they need all of the new characters to be the old characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's <laughs> like, whoops, we forgot to make him enough like Han Solo. Okay. But then, also, then also, the lady the... that he he's friends with from his drug drug smuggling days is like looks exactly like like well, Tali or whatever. What's her name from uh, Mass Effect with the with the helmet? <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. It's like when I saw a picture of her the other day, the Star Wars character. It made me think of Mass Effect before it made me think of Star Wars. You see, that proves that Tali was a well-written, rounded character that you find her more memorable. And also a distinctive design, right, mm. of, of alien race that they just ripped off. Not that the Quarians are very uh, distinctive amongst each other, but, you know. No, not between. Well, I don't know if you'd call it that distinctive alien design. It's just like a suit. <laughs> yeah. But it's but... that sort of, like, cylinder at the front and sort of bladed down the sides helmet design, I guess. It's... Mm. Three toes. <laughs> Remember that from a specific scene. I, I think. I mean, I think they're. Free. I mean, she had just a smaller number of fingers on her hands as well, right? Mm. When they're holding them up. Yeah. Anyway, solo. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, solo's all right. Uh, I mean, there were there were the whole. You talk about the whole thing about it's like, oh, don't think about them too much. There were a couple of moments, especially towards the end. Where they, okay, minor spoiler alerts if you haven't seen this, but there there are bits where they just sort of they're walking away from a problem or they're attempting to get away from a problem, and I just couldn't help but think, where are they walking to? <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> like there's just just yeah, there's just moments like that where it's just like they're not. There's no way. This isn't. They wouldn't survive that <laughs> kind of thing. It's like there's no. There's, this doesn't solve anyone's problem or doesn't even solve their own problem. What's the? I'm trying to remember dumb stuff from Solo. So like, um, Lando is sort of like in love with his droid, and then the droid turns sort into of. the Millennium Falcon, uh, at, or it uh, becomes is, the Navi Bank of the Millennium. Becomes Falcon. the Millennium Falcon's computer, uh, which like in the original trilogy, like R two sort of talks to, I guess, talks to the Falcon. Mm. That's what, uh, but. But then Lando doesn't seem to give a shit about droids. Like when you meet him on Cloud City, like he completely ignores C-3PO, right? Even though like he doesn't care about droid rights, even though not only was he in love with the droid, the droid was like a droid rights activist droid. <laughs> as it turned out. Yeah. Uh, who was at Fleabag for some reason. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's all dumb. But she's like the best character in the film. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, but that's just through force of personality, right? That's the yeah. thing. It's like good casting because Donald Glover, like, it doesn't matter if you give him shitty lines because he's like, you know, he is the modern Billy D. Williams, I suppose. He's damn cool. Yeah. And there were just plenty of moments where there's just, it's, it's one of those films where there's a little bit of, uh, like, why would you not say something here? Why would you? Why are you acting the way you're acting right now? That's kind of odd. Uh, doesn't yeah, just just moments like that uh, every now and then, and it's uh, which takes me out of it a bit. Where you know, if I'm questioning the humanity of people to a certain extent, it's like no one would do that. <laughs> and I still think but then, the game but then that's the majority of film. <laughs> no one yeah. would do that. 
I mean, the writing, I don't know. I don't know. And what's the Game of Thrones actress? What's her name? Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Yeah, she's all right. She's all right. I mean, she's very beautiful and charming in interviews and stuff, but I don't think she's an amazing actress. She did no, quite she, well. I, I say, she's, pass, she's passable. Yeah. Yeah, passable. I think she fits this role quite well. And I also got her confused with Felicity Jones quite a bit. Oh, right. Is it, Felicity, Rogue one. Is it Jones? Yeah. But yeah. yeah, the Rogue One character. Yeah. yeah. Because they're pretty similar. Um, and Gnome thought it was the same actress that played Ray when we saw a picture of Rogue One. It's like, no, no. <laughs> Interchangeable young British actresses, right? Yeah. Not Daisy Ridley. I'm not even sure what colour their hair are because they keep changing them, right? Because I mean, yeah, what's, what's the real colour? I mean, Doc's, Clark's hair is, she's a brunette, but in Game of Thrones, she has it bleached white, right? Mm. But, yeah. But then Daisy Ridley is blonde, is she? I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, Solo, Solo was all right. I, I enjoyed it. Um, they did a Star we, Wars uh, train heist. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, I mean that's that, I mean having you know we talked we talked about it last week, but it's like it was quite funny watching that uh, after having played the opening Jedi. sequence of Jedi, yeah, and it's like, oh right, okay, yeah. <laughs> they they kind of both do the same thing. Sci-fi train yeah. heist. Who tried? To, I mean, that's like the second episode of Firefly, right? Isn't it? Um, trying to think, who else has done that? I mean, because uh, I, I think mean, that Jedi thing is also a reference to uh, Uncharted Two, pretty much. I mean, Firefly, the film. I mean, the was it the Firefly film opens with a chase sequence, but it's not really a train. Yeah. Um, but it might as well be because they're just sort of traveling in a straight line, doing things <laughs> in the back of a vehicle. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I watched. We watched the dig as well. Oh yeah. For for getting all your Local. suffocisms in, you know, if you did they, if you're missing the way things were, boy. <laughs> did they suffocate it up? Or is sort of Ray Fines properly suffocates it up? Wow. <laughs> so suffoc. Is it possible? It's a, yeah, it's a good film. It's all right. No, I mean I, the accent. I, I mean, oh right. no, the suffocating. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> the suffocating. It's I mean it's it's. it's yeah, there are bits of it where you're just like, oh my gosh, my, my all my old relatives used to be exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The way they talk, the way they react. It's the lack of reaction in some cases that's the suffocism to me. The sort right. Of, that they don't, that they're not very animated. Everything's just kind of, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, when, don't be playing silly buggers, innit? it. <laughs> I don't think I can even do a. Obviously, I have some. No, I'm not very good at it. But I don't think I can do one. I mean, there's a bit in it where Ray Fiennes goes, Good to hell. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, my mum used to do that. <laughs> I could say roots and shirts. <laughs> roots and shirts. Computer. <laughs> God, yeah. I'm sure we went to, I remember people in primary school and middle school that would say computer and being, oh, yeah. and, and me being quite annoyed by that. <laughs> like, there's no poo in it. Computer. 
But yeah, that's on Netflix, isn't it? So it is on Netflix. A Netflix original. Uncovering that, that, some <laughs> like serious acting talent there with Ray Fiennes and Kerry Mulligan, right? Yeah, it's decent. And what's his face that played Taggart? Whose name I can never remember. Oh, oh no, um, was it was it Taggart or no? He was in Vice, I think. Might be the same guy. I can't remember. Taggart is Robbie Coltrane, isn't it? No. Uh, yeah, it's not. Col- it's not Coltrane. Right. Hagrid. I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's not Hagrid. That's um, maybe it is Vice. I'm thinking. Oh, is that Taggart or is that or is that? There's two of them. I get mixed up. Um, those crime, you know, '90s like serious crime. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think I'm having the same problem. I think like. Target and Vice, I think, are very similar leads. Um, I can't remember which one's which. But yeah, he's in it as well. Yeah, what? What? All right. I think I'm wrong. I think I'm. I, I can't remember who Robbie Coltrane played. Something else. Oh, so he wasn't Taggart either. Taggart. Taggart and Baggart. God damn it. (laughs) Taggart and Baggart. Cracker, he was Cracker. (laughs) Oh, Cracker, yes, yes, he definitely was. Yeah, Taggart was another guy, but he must be too old, right? I don't know. Yeah, Taggart is very much not the person I was thinking of. (laughs) I get confused between Cracker and Taggart, which I think is understandable. (laughs) Uh, I'm just trying trying to find it. Uh, No. (laughs) That's done. What have you been watching, Zach? YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> What's good on YouTube these days? All Not I get. Much. <laughs> uh, my I accidentally watched like one video of a old like 1960s diesel locomotive starting its engine, and now that's all I get on my uh, feed. <laughs> <laughs> this is class 37 locomotive starting <laughs> from 1992. Yeah, it was Ken Stott. It was who I was thinking of. Right. And. Um, have you seen that video? Speaking to that, have you seen that video of that uh, um, German train where they can adjust the frequency of its transport? Yeah, its I think that's transforms. where it maybe started. The yeah. inverters, right? So it plays a little tune. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. I noticed that on the on train RER trains in Paris last time I was there. They, but it wasn't as cool a tune as the German one, the Siemens one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what did the French ones play? And for some reason, I've now got the LOLO theme in my head. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> well, I think the notes have to go... It has to be an ascending scale, right? Because it can't go down. So it has to be... It's not really a tune. If It has to be a, a scale, I guess, that just keeps going up. But you can change the intervals, presumably. I mean, if if they use the same technology in Japan, they could have the Zelda jingle. Yeah, they could do that. <laughs> uh, we've got like a music Slack channel at work, and we've been someone gets picked every week this year to, uh, you know, uh, put a link to an album. And um, uh, Laura put, who was organising it, she put this album in this week, 
which I'd never heard of, which is like music made especially for plants <laughs> in, nine, <laughs> in the 70s. And it was meant, you know, you could only get a copy of this record if you bought plants from this shop in Los Angeles and then you had to play it to the plants. And it was made with a bunch of yeah, early synthesizers, Moogs and stuff. Hmm. Uh, and I was listening to it. And the fifth track is literally Zelda's Lullaby. And I looked it up and like Koji Kondo's like, yeah, I was listening to this <laughs> when I did really? this. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. It's almost the same tune or it starts the same. That's bonkers. It's huh. called Mother Earth's Plantasia by Mort Garson. <laughs> it's on Spotify. <laughs> so I recommend it. was quite, it's good as well. Otherwise she wouldn't have recommended it. But I was like listening away. I was like, and the track's called Concerto for Philodendron and Pothos or Pothos. Presumably those are plants. I mean, a, something ending in dendron definitely sounds planty. Mm. But that's where Zelda's lullaby came from. Ridiculous. Well done, Mort. Nice one, Mort. Nice one, Mort. What if he's still about and anyone's told him? <laughs> Get them royalties. Yeah. <laughs> Oi, Nintendo. Yeah. 50 years worth of royalty checks, thanks. Break out the musicologists. I'll be on there somewhere. <laughs> Introduction to a plant. So we're talking about games, and in games, the world of games, there is sometimes some news. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> not not much recently. <laughs> <laughs> what about this week? <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's not much real video game news, but there's like not video game news. Retail. Video game store, retail store news. Oh yeah, the the madness over the GameStop stock, right? Which we haven't talked it's... about because it's all happened over the past two weeks. Is that right? Week and a bit, yeah. The stonk. As it's being stonks. What, what? What is that about? Why is it called stonking? Oh no, it's just a joke. That's it's just stock. Meme. It's, just a, it's just a meme way of saying stock. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's I mostly don't know, don't like yeah. why? Who even knows why the stonks meme existed in the first place? Like that's a real old. It's like several years. Yeah. A lot of these long. are old memes, right? There are some new memes from this, but a lot of them are just old memes, right? Well, I mean, yes, but that stonks one in particular because that's just like a generic mm. meme. It's not it's mm. not specific to any like this event or any other event. I don't think. I think it was just like a generic. What the stupid stonk dance thing? No, the, like, like that. The the, the 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 original image meme with the oh. guy with the weird face and neck. <laughs> <laughs> the like that's the only way I could describe it. <laughs> most memes. Yes, that's also true. So, yeah, anyone want to have a go at ex ex describing what happened? I'm sure a oh, lot God, of people right. already know. So, yeah, I mean, the news covered it relatively well, actually. Fair, mm. fair, fair play to them. I ended up what, like, what, waiting up and wait for the end of an episode of Newsnight because they were covering it. Did they explain it? Not as well as I liked, honestly. No. They did. They did. They explained the basics, but um, not the full picture. Um, so anyway, what happened was is a uh, a little a little Reddit channel uh, called uh, 
Wall Street bets um, decided to get their crew together and all these quote-unquote little guy investors, which still means dudes with quite a bit of money to spare. Yeah. Um, I mean, quite a lot of money to spare, um, but quite Americans. a lot of them. Americans yeah, Americans. Yeah. Um, uh, buying stock in GameStop. Now, why would they do such a thing? Well, because how the stock market works, if lots of people buy it all at once, it drives the price up. Um, that's how stocks in the economy works. The more people buy, the higher the stock is. Um, and then, well, to a certain extent. Uh, but they were doing it because they were aware there's a whole load of big guy, I suppose, quote-unquote big guy investors and hedge funds um, that were shorting against GameStop. Now, uh, shorting is kind of an annoying process that I really don't think should exist, honestly, because it's it's super dodgy sounding. Um, but it did make for a good film, The Big Short, about the whole house marking crash. I recommend you watch that. Um, but yeah, you're, you're effectively betting against a company, so it's like playing the stock market, except you're you want the ro- you want the bad result. Mm. It's it's, oh, it's weird how it works. It's like you buy the stock. No, you get you'd get lent the stock from a broker, which you then immediately sell, but you're obliged to buy back that stock at some later date to give back to the broker. So the idea is you 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 borrow it and sell it high, wait for the price to go down, uh, and then buy it low, and give it back to the broker. Hence, yeah. you've made a profit. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of dodgy, but it's yeah it's a I, I, I guess thanks to contract law anything's possible, right? So I mean it kind of makes as long as you, sense, right? As long as you buy the stock and give it back to the broker, you're you're good. And um, yeah, because you have to pay when you borrow. It's like borrowing money, right? When you borrow the stock, you have to pay the broker or the person who owns the stock in the first place. You have to pay them interest. It's not yes. very much, but you have to put you know as the longer you hold it, so you want to buy it. No, sorry, you want to borrow it. You want the stock to go down quickly so you can sell it and give it back without having paid much interest and yes. like pocket the difference. Yep, completely that, which was, um, again, if you watch the big short, that's kind of the big thing is that they, they spend quite a long time waiting for the house marking crash that they predict. Um, yeah, and that's the drama of that film. Um, during which time they have to pay interest. And, the, and yeah. the, the owner of the stock can ask for it back at any time, right? Because of course, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how that works. Um, yeah. So anyway, a lot of people trying to do that, and of course, the internet got wind of that, <laughs> as they do, and thought, well, we can make these guys suffer a bit by making the stock go super high. Therefore, they're not going to be able to short it in such a short time frame, I guess. Therefore, we're paying a lot more interest on it. I mean, yeah, two things with that: one, the internet; two. Shows how kind of busted that whole process kind of is, if it can be manipulated to that degree. You know, <laughs> a whole load of people just buy a stock and it just goes sky high. I mean, we're yeah. just talking tiny rises here. It's like, this is like a, was it like thousand percent or something ridiculous like that? Increase? Yeah, it was, well, was it that high? But it was very high because it was the, the stock was only like 20 or something. $20 or something originally. It went up to like 350 didn't it? Yeah, I, I think it got close to four hundred or five hundred yeah. at one point. But, yeah. but the problem that you're running into at this point, which is why it's like become a more serious problem, is like 
you literally said you can manipulate it, which you're not allowed to do. <laughs> like, there's well, you're not quite allowed... a lot of rules about manipulation of the stock market. Yeah, but you're not allowed to manipulate in a coordinated way. Yeah. But their argument on, on Reddit is... Herder, they were just buying stock just and a, they like GameStop. It's, it's just a bunch of memes, right? And we just like, the, we just like GameStop. Because, yeah. uh, so, originally, when this first started, the investing in GameStop and Wall Street bets, it was actually a while ago, like months ago. Um, maybe and it seemed to start be December. pretty legit. Basically. Yeah, it was legit. They were literally saying, like, they noticed that the hedge funds had shorted the stock, which um, uh, were betting against GameStop, but it actually drives it down, like, in a way, like, that, you know, it, you know, it's bad for the company if their stock is shorted, right? Sure. Uh, but yeah, they looked at it, it's... and they were like, well, I, I know, like, because the, presumably the hedge funds are saying, well, GameStop is obviously doomed. Like the new consoles, it's mostly going digital. Game Pass, like no one's going to go to fix. This is the next blockbuster. It's no, you know, it's clearly going to fail. Um, so they shorted it, and then the, the Reddit people were like, "Well, actually, if you look at the fundamentals, they're not doing that badly, and they could pivot to digital." And then this guy joined their board who had done a good pivot pivot to digital in like pet food or some bullshit. Hmm. Uh, had had made loads of money, so they were like, "Aha! Well, now they've got they've got someone on GameStop who might enable them to pivot in such a way that they can compete with Amazon or something, right?" Because the hedge funds think that GameStop is doomed and Amazon will win, which they're probably right. But anyway, they were just saying it's undervalued at eighteen dollars, right? It's probably worth thirty dollars, right, or something like that, twenty five. So they were investing under that point of view. Yeah, but then it decent, was this yeah decent return even on that really it's like eh, yeah yeah we, poten- we could potentially make make a make a quick 30% maybe yeah yeah well i think they were thinking Which a bit more long term like they were thinking mm. well it could be true that it is worth a bit more than it currently is right obviously not a thousand times more mm. but um but then the short squeeze thing is like what i didn't understand is you know you know you borrow from you borrow the share from someone and then you sell it, and then you're waiting, and you're paying interest to the person you borrowed it from, right? But yep. the person who bought it off you, as far as they're concerned, they own it, right? Which is true. Correct, yeah. They can lend it out to someone else who can then sell it and pay interest, and you can have a chain so that more of the stock is shorted than actually exists. <laughs> right, I can see. So yeah. the, 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 the share of... The GameStop total stock that was shorted was 140%. Yeah, okay. And then if you hold, if you buy and hold the stock and you refuse to sell it, they can't get it back and they can't, so they have to pay interest forever, right? And that's what drives the, the price up. So their idea of the Reddit army was like, if we just buy it and hold it, there's there's basically no limit to the amount of money you could charge the hedge funds to get to get to to get it back so they can give it back to the person they borrowed it off <laughs> so that was the idea it was, was like the supply of the stock went down to nothing so so that's what made it skyrocket is like no one was selling so therefore the demand was high and they couldn't cover their positions the the hedge funds because no one was selling so that's what made it go up 
what made it come back down again i'm not quite sure it's whether like because the other thing is it's like was it the little guys holding the stock that was driving the price up or was it that other hedge funds noticed and were doing the same thing yeah right it was, a bit of it, that. Was, it was basically a war between these hedge funds because the thing about the shorting is if you borrow and then sell you wait for it to go down and it could go down to zero and then you make lots of money quite a lot of money like say it was at 30 and it went down to zero or one then you made 29 dollars. but the problem mm. is it could go up infinitely so your potential losses because there's no cap right yep. like either it's worth it could be worth zero or it could be worth astronomical amount of money so there's theoretically there's no limit to your potential losses if you short it so that was what they were trying to but i think you know these small investors like it's fair enough if if you put in 100 quid you know if you put in a decent amount of money and then you could have sold and made a lot and then you know yeah, yeah. it's like and, and then and the supply all, clears out and then it all yeah. balances out and then they bit. cover it and mm. then they they yeah. cover it and and so that's what happened and so because all the all the people on the forum were like just hold forever diamond hands that was a meme have you seen that diamond hands <laughs> no oh that's their thing is like if you're holding the stock um uh and you sell as soon as you think it's going to go down then it's like you're holding the thing in your hands but if you sell when it gets hot then you've got paper hands and you'll burn up but if mm. you just hold forever you've got hands made of diamonds <laughs> diamond hands <laughs> and the the guy who started the, the whole thing his username was like deep fucking value which is brilliant oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there, there there was some uh the gym position uh, take on it had some had mentioned a couple of other names that were quite uh yeah on <laughs> quite <PC. rude>. yeah <laughs> so he's as far as i know he's still holding but basically the squeeze didn't happen because too many people sold i think well yeah it'd be too tempting you know if yeah. i was one of those relatives and, and yeah. just made like a 500 percent return or whatever still still be sat there going yeah i'm selling i'm cashing out and of course the big problem is as I, as all the people who know about the stock market were warned over the week last weekend when it was all hyping up, is if you're an idiot, you get in on it when it's really high, right? And then you yeah, lose yeah, everything, yeah. which loads, which people did, right? Well, of course, because they see they by the time you've heard about the boom, it's too late. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But the theory, especially was, if you're you and me, and you're like the casual person, oh, it's yeah. like by the time it hits the news and you're and and you're trying to get in, then yeah, you, you've you've missed it. And what the, what they were hoping was that if everyone holds, then that then it just goes. There's no limit to how high it could go, right? But of, mm. of course, n no one's going to hold forever, right? That's not. No. And they're not. It's not, not actually organised. <laughs> if it was organised, it would be market manipulation. But it wasn't yeah. organised, and therefore people sold, and therefore it's over. But it was still a really fun ride, and I think they did lose but quite it, a bit of money. Those hedge funds. Yeah, there's a more insidious side to this that we haven't mentioned here is that that I 100% disagree with was the whole um, whole fact that not only I mean this all happened and that, that what we've talked about so far is actually kind of fine I think yeah. it's like okay okay I, I I'm not entirely sure that shorting is a thing you should allow really it's kind of grey and kind of cheeky and and as you said kind of weird but in that there's infinite loss it sounds sounds a bit unregulated and dodgy. Um, or just bad. It shouldn't exist, kind of thing. Um, but the the flip side of it is that the the little guy, quote unquote, invest investment platforms. Ah, uh, yeah. Put a freeze on yeah 
elements of trading, um, yeah, presumably because they're yeah the Robin Hood network, as Noam has just uh, shouted at me, being the most prominent one. Um, they had some excuse that they didn't have enough collateral with the broker to do the options trades or whatever they were. Uh, something like that, but yeah, basically because they are basically like <laughs> operating on. It, they're not. It's not the same system as the shorting, but it's sort of the same concept. Like they yeah. they are a middleman, and yeah. therefore they have their own like capital reserves, and they can't they don't have infinite money. <laughs> yeah, but they should have they should have been able to borrow. Like at that moment on the Friday, they should have been able to borrow loads of money. I mean, <laughs> and then keep the system running. But instead, they chose to kind of screw over then, the small investors by only letting them. But then Sell? also they would have made a ton of fees because most of these like middlemen platforms take a cut right on both the buy and the sell. Mm. So they'd have been taking cuts on everyone buying in and they'll also take cuts on people selling out. So it's like, in some respect, they're probably making quite a bit of cash themselves. Well, but... yeah. So it's a question of like, were, was it manipulation? Were they under pressure to stop it even though? Because well, yeah, what they I mean... should have done from their business point of view is borrow loads of money and then make all that commission. But instead they stopped it, right? So what they're, probably, they're probably owned. Uh, you know, that's the thing. Are they owned by people that are like involved in the hedge funds, and then they got pressurized by the funds in some manner in which to just cancel the trade? Like the whole, it's just that whole thing of like a, yeah. a trade platform seeing something weird happening and then going, "Yeah, we're not gonna. We're just gonna stop yeah. this because yeah. it could be bad." It's well, like that's not your decision to make. That's well, I don't know. Is it though? Because it, I, I mean, I, I just if they if they didn't stop like, it, the and, like a bunch of Thing and a bunch of bad shit did happen. Like, would they then get like sued out of existence? It's like, it, is preempting the possibility of bad things actually better for them in the long run? <laughs> I don't, I don't know that they could be sued though. That's the thing because it's like that things or just happened the way it was sued, planned to happen, or like, like shut down by the financial commissions or whatever. Like, if yeah. you, if you are, if you allow market manipulation to happen on your platform, like knowingly because you want to make money, <laughs> then you probably get shut down. <laughs> But then, who's to decide that? That's the thing. It's like, well, like you know, if you, after <laughs> the whole the, point you, of if, the... if you look at it after the fact, and then you're all like, oh, okay, this happened because it was manipulation. That's easy to stop it in transit. I mean, it's just a matter. I don't of know. That what, just how, seems... what risks are you going to take? <laughs> they definitely didn't see it coming, which was. Yeah. No, but it protects those. It protects the. The problem is, is that it protects the hedge fund owners. Like they're, they're the only people to really gain from this, apart from maybe, as you say, Robin Hood themselves, if they don't have any some variant of collateral to cover their own downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know that it protects the hedge fund managers because then then it can it can't rise anymore, right? The whole it, at it, the time, it, yeah, that was yeah, kind it of puts, the critical it moment. A, it's one of those things that puts a blocker on the whole process. And I mean, that's not a problem with like Robin Hood. That's a problem with the whole system <laughs> at large. That it takes so much, like, because the whole point of the middleman's is that it like removes the need to be like accredited investors and all that stuff that you actually need to be able to just to be do able shit to actually on the do stock it. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole point of this is that like you've they've created a system to allow you some access as a normal human being but like it's not unlimited even even though it's more than you had before you still don't have full access <laughs> no that's what you mean uh that's a very good point actually yeah so, so i guess robin hood are the are acting as your proxy credited in, or accredited investor i guess broker yeah. yeah in some way and they uh, have full control i suppose like as a, a 
in the end, they're the ones that can theoretically make the decision about. Yeah. But that doesn't mean there isn't but, something dodgy happening. No, 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 hundred, hundred, but there's no way to know. It's like the yeah. whole. I, I mean, that makes more sense in the in the sense that uh, they could do that move, and it's technically legal. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all in their terms but of it's, service. They could totally yeah. shut you off at any time for any reason. Yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely. Weird. But it doesn't mean that it's not incredibly dodgy looking. <laughs> you know, it's it's. I mean, the dumbest thing was like. I do, I do agree with the Jim Quisition standpoint on this one, and it's like you know he, he explains it in his usual over the top manner, but it is, uh, it is ultimately hedge rich people protecting rich people, and it's the thing that happened on the Monday was the thing that freaked me out the most by far about the whole thing. Uh, which was that all these news stories appeared in every reputable newspaper yeah. about silver. And if you went, all you had to do was go on Wall Street Bets and no one was talking about silver. It was it was literally fake news. It was, I, mean, I mean, some of it was real, but like the, uh, the hedge funds, I think, it looked like the hedge funds had pushed up silver to make it look like all the Redditors had, had changed you know, tack, and now they were interested in silver. And then they managed to get it into every single news publication. Oh, Redditors are bored with GameStop. Now they're interested in in silver. And it's like, silver? That's stupid. There's infinite supply of bloody silver. It's not like GameStop at all. <laughs> uh, and, and, and all there was on Wall Street Bets were like, this silver is bullshit, right? This is just a story been planted by these powerful people. And the fact that it was in every newspaper... Like yeah. and the BBC, like everyone that you'd normally trust, and they just picked up this story and it was total shit. Is like re- that's the most shocking thing. Yeah, it is. You're, you're well, not wrong. That's, after all that, that is... Trump stuff about fake news, and then this is clearly literally fake news. All you had to do was go on Reddit. You could see that no one, like I was on there on the weekend, no one said anything about silver. And I'm working for London Metal Exchange. You... Anyway. <laughs> I wonder if they turned around and were just like, sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so stupid. And I, I think, yeah, who, who was telling me? But it's like, it's like a lot of these newspapers are pretty lazy and they just take something off the Associated Press news, news feed and like just reword oh, it and put it out. They absolutely and like, do. And the, and the, um, I've seen newsroom software. It does that. Yeah. And the hedge funds <laughs> can easily put a story into the AP feed, I'm sure. Like, it must be so easy to manipulate yeah, the world yeah. media if you We just have to powerful. bribe one guy with access to it, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, depressing. So, hey, it's just, GameStop's it's probably not 100%. Media. Yeah. Well, the takeaway just, from this is I don't think GameStop are 100% doomed, but they're bricks and mortar store probably still doomed that's probably still accurate. yeah the funny thing about all of this is it doesn't really have anything to do with gamestop <laughs> no uh, uh they're probably ultimately doomed but i mean who knows maybe they'll pivot to digital there's still a possibility that's what i mean i don't think they'll be if i mean they already do have a digital front in the same way that yeah yeah you know, game does game in the yeah. uk is is still doing all right or you know, even if the the bricks and mortar stores have gone away, it's weird, isn't it? Wait, which way round is it? Is it that game? No, game still exists, right? And it was Game Station they shut down because the two merged and they both had brick and mortar stores kind of right next to each other in most towns. Right. Yeah. Was it that way? Yeah, something like that. So Game is the one that survived. Um, but I never see like if you go for like those webs Eurogame or whatever. It, 
or if you go to a website which is like where's the ps5 stock i never see game listed as one of the options it's always like amazon uh, smith's toys no, for game, some reason game definitely yeah smith's toys are actually fairly decent for video games as it turns out that's where i got my ps4 from when spider-man came out um is the, game listed then yeah yeah game was definitely involved in the whole next oh, okay. gen rollout um as was argos of all things yeah um, I got mine from Argos, my PS4. Argus. The sort of problem I think that most of the retailers have, like you, you, you referenced Amazon earlier, is that that yeah, anyone ever, pretty much all the other retailers do struggle to be competitive with Amazon somehow. Yeah, like just the pricing of their stock is always, always, almost universally slightly higher than Amazon, and it's. They've got to solve that problem if they want to survive somehow. I mean, I mean, I'm surprised that you know just one of them doesn't go. You know, what if we undercut Amazon just just a little bit, like by a penny or something? I don't know. I, mean, I don't the, think the, a penny's enough to draw people yeah, in. That's trouble. I mean, with games, it will just be digital distribution. So you'll have Game Pass, or you buy directly well, off the Xbox or PlayStation Store, right? To an extent, except I still think digital distributions kind of sucks on the consoles. It's like Steam is fine, and I actually kind of am coming around to the whole Epic Store thing. They they actually seem like a fairly decent operation in terms of value for money for the consumer. But, you know, the console stores are not good value for money, They're, apart from no. stuff you get on PlayStation Plus or stuff you get on Game Pass or things like that. They're still not... That's true. But, but but maybe that's the whole point. Like people look at them and only look at them and then they're all right, but they're not competitive price wise. You're true. still better off getting a physical copy most of the time. Or worst, going to C D keys and getting getting a download key off that, which is, you know, a whole other dodgy area. Mm. Grey markets kind of thing. But hey, you're gonna save money if you find stuff on there. Guaranteed. One funny thing was that people were using some of their money to like rent out billboards, which was quite funny. They put one <laughs> in Times Square, which was quite what, funny. Saying buy GameStop stock. Yeah, buying, buy, saying GME go burr. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're all full of. Well, full that of one memes. sounds like market manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you maybe got a bit far if you're just <laughs> straight up advertising what you want to happen. <laughs> They just like the stock. <laughs> and they keep using that line from that Planet of the Apes movie, like apes together strong or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was um, clearly the biggest not video game news of the last two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we got any actual video game news. Should we get the uh, Mass Effect Remastered talk out of the way? Yeah. I think it's got a release date in May. May. Was it May 14th? Was it May? May 14th. Yeah, that's it. I was very disappointed by the trailer where it only showed about three seconds of Mass Effect 1. (laughs) Because that's the bit that I actually care about. (laughs) I want to see what they do. Well, supposedly they they put the the most effort into Mass Effect 1, I think. Yeah. They showed the Presidium, didn't they? Well, that's in all the games, though. Well, kind of. Yeah, I know, but it it looked like the Mass Effect. They have different takes on it, don't they? All of them, but it it kind of looked like the Mass Effect One Presidium to me. But uh, yeah, 
I don't know how I feel about it. I think I was expecting more of a remaster from it. Like, I, I look if you if I watched that trailer, I couldn't necessarily say to you how it's been particularly visually improved. Did they add lenses? It just looked like Mass Effect to me. <laughs> well, I mean, you maybe haven't played Mass Effect that recently, which doesn't help. No, I guess, but it wasn't. They were never terrible-looking games, anyway. They weren't the no. best example of Unreal Engine three, but they they weren't awful. No, um, do, I mean, one one would be the most dodgy-looking, of course. But yeah, sure, two looks pretty good, and three definitely looked pretty nice. I mean, one one has the problems with like things like you know the, the way the planets looked and things when you landed and were doing the Mako stuff, and it's. Yeah. Um, spiky terrain and not very well shaded terrain and all that kind of stuff like its lighting engine wasn't quite there but the the crafted areas were fine like stylistic you know the style carried it um but you know i'm looking at that and i'm looking at the, all these shots and things like that and i'm just i don't see the improvement particularly yeah it's going to have a 4k presentation but the, the existing pc versions can probably run just fine if you wanted to go up to 4k Maybe they'll probably have done maybe some UI things here and there to you know clean up bitmaps if well, they're using those. But. As I think we've said before, we just have to hope that they've actually done some UI work to like you know the menus and shit, especially in Aspect One. Get rid of those yeah. pointless lists that are completely useless to actually navigate. I mean, that's the stuff that's actually interesting, right? What have they? What have they done on that front? Um, but I don't. Yeah, we haven't seen any of that, so I'm not convinced. I, I, I'm probably thinking they wouldn't have changed any of it. <laughs> yeah, it's seeming like a lazy port. It is. It is feeling a bit, a bit lazy. Um, there was the interesting um thing about one of the DLCs from Mass Effect One not being able to be part of the package, though, because they've apparently lost the source code for it. So if you're a fan of Pinnacle Station, you're screwed. It won't be there. <laughs> That's a shame. It's the only one, apparently. You've got the, the entirety of the rest of the DLC from the series, but all the, all the Shadow Broker stuff. Yeah, all of that should be there. All of the um, all important Prothean extras oh, are yeah. in the, the end of Mass Effect 3. Eh? Was, was it Mass Effect 3 that had the Prothean stuff? Yeah. Yeah, the Prothean teammate, didn't you? That was a kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And then you can finish it all off with a with a party on the Citadel. You can do all of that. I don't know. I just maybe maybe because the the trailer I watched was you know it didn't help. I guess that the trailer I watched was like thirty fps, and it's like well I want a sixty fps presentation on console at least. Yeah, definitely. So maybe you should have put out a sixty fps trailer. Just saying. Um, Unless it's not, <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> that would kind of suck. It would turn out that the physics engine only runs at 30. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah. They port, port, or they've ported the whole thing to Frostbite and still haven't got it right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Mass Effect. You, any, any, neither of you dipping? Well, I wasn't playing Mass Effect 2 that long ago, to be honest. <laughs> um, but it would be nice to have it, you know, just conveniently on console. Yeah, I know. I know. 
there's someone I know who's definitely going to bag it because they still end up playing through the original trilogy at least once a year. Right. Well, that's <laughs> definitely worth it in that case. Yeah. That. How can you play the trilogy through once a year? That surely that takes. It's quite. It's quite a lot, like, isn't it? Yeah. Hundred hours or something. So. Yeah, but they do. I mean, maybe once you play it that much, you don't necessarily do yeah. all the side stuff. True. <laughs> maybe you can trim it down a bit. The Cerberus stuff in the you... first game is kind of weird, isn't it? You have to kind of try and find those, like, um, sandworm-type things or whatever. Oh, sure. But there's, like, three or four hours of stuff you can do just on the Citadel at the start of the game. Oh, yeah. Like, you, there's a, you, can, you can get a head start on everything by just, like, pretty much completing every Citadel side quest before you even leave. Hmm. It's probably a decent way to streamline all of that if you played it that much. Yeah, you know where to go exactly in what order. <laughs> yeah. What are the jellyfish monk guy? Hanar, is that right? And then yeah, and then who's the big elephant guy with the no emotions? Um, Elcor. Elcor, yeah. Is that it? And there's the like Elcor detective series or whatever, police cop series, isn't there? <laughs> Do you remember that? that. Where he's like a dashing, action-packed detective, but he's an Elcor. <laughs> they just stand there. We've never seen them move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they, uh, but they're, they're a bit like AK, aren't they? And that uh, from Kotor, and that they have because they have no emotion in their vocals. It's like they they have to describe what they're saying. Yeah. Before like, they say it. Yeah. Like the HK series droids. Yeah. HK. Dismissive rebuke. <laughs> cool. I mean, probably play it at some point, but I've already played those games, so good that they exist. It'd be nice if it was a really nice presentation. Mm. But uh, um, uh, as long as they use this to like remind themselves that what makes Mass Effect good and then make <laughs> a good Mass Effect game, rather than, yeah, that was the key. <laughs> You could argue that didn't work for 343, though, when they put out Master Chief, because then they still made Halo 5's campaign. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true. Which, which, which wasn't great. That's true. Yeah, and I don't hold out that much hope for Infinite on the strength of that um, demo, not because of the graphics, but because of just the tone. I don't know. I don't, well, I mean, it was a tiny slice. You couldn't yeah, really that's true. grab anything from it um, on that front. I mean, that's a whole other thing I'll talk a little bit about later, but the whole... I think Microsoft have a problem on their hands with their IPs that they've taken over themselves in general. Like, I brought up Marcus Phoenix earlier because I've been thinking about Gears again. Yeah. And it's just... Uh, yeah, that's something that's not quite been the same since Epic gave it to Microsoft. No. They're not the guest, best stewards of existing franchises, are they? No. Three four three are kind of yet to really prove themselves. I mean, they've done a great job remastering. I reckon, like with the yeah. Master Chief Collection, that's great. And yeah, the Halo Two in particular, yeah, know, the treatment of that, that. Is, is, really good. is pretty good. But it's you know, it's based on Bungie's game. Yeah, can't take course. that away from them. And like course. it's uh... it's really nice. That was really fun playing through Halo Two. I liked it. I don't know. Halo Two's great. I was a bit down on Halo 2 when it first came out because I liked the original so much. Uh, and the graphics are 
pretty shocking in places in Halo 2 because of what they tried to do with increasing the scale. Uh, but that's all fixed, so it's great. It's great. Uh, what else we got? Um, Biomutant, which is a game I've vaguely had my eye on for a very long time because it sounds kind of cool. Finally got a release date as well. It'll be coming out this year. Nice. Um, my notes have decided to fail on me, so I can't tell you when that is, but it's not that far away. It's like it's may, maybe May as well. So Mass Effect Day might have a mutant involved. <laughs> um, yeah, had a, had a vague... Uh, May 25th, yeah, so um week and a bit after after Mass Effect. So that's cool. Uh, and Zach, do you want to take us through this uh, Factorio expansion? Well, there's not that much to say about it, apart from they were clearly going to work on something after Factorio 1.0 came out. <laughs> and I guess they decided that they didn't want to make anything new, they're just going to make more Factorio, <laughs> which I guess makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, they, they're making some kind of expansion, I guess. Apparently they hired the guy who made the space exploration mod, so that may indicate oh. what kind of direction they might be going on with this expansion. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I always like that. Stories like that, where it's like, someone did something decent with your game. Well, we should probably hire him. I mean, they have done that with a couple of other modders before now, I think. And, like, it's not... They they also just have, like, quite a lot of the major modders sort of in an internal program where they get, like, early access anyway. Hmm. Like, Bob of Bob's mods fame. He's been in that for quite a long time. So, and and sometimes those modders in that internal program like help fix things in the code as well. It goes both ways. Mm. Like there's been actual patches based on, but like there's been patches to things that aren't even used in 1.0 because they're used in mods, basically. Like old right, features that are only still in the game for the mods get patched because the mod makers work on the actual code of the game as well. <laughs> That's interesting. Are those oh, what? So there are there are literally old features that are turned off normally that the modders can choose to turn on. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's kind of cool. So yeah, I mean, who knows how long it will take them to actually put this thing out? Considering how long it took them to get to one point oh after how many years has it been on this podcast where I kept saying it should come out this year, <laughs> and then it never did until last year. At least three. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, I'm kind of disappointed that they've said that they're they're done with, you know, version one or one point one as it is now. They said that they're done with that because there was meant to be a rework of the fluid physics, but that that got scrapped apparently, mm. which is disappointing because the fluid physics have always been kind of jank <laughs> in Factorio. But it probably doesn't matter much in vanilla Factorio. That's mostly a thing for like when you get deep into mods that use a lot of fluids. It's like, yeah, this whole system is kind of broken. <laughs> mm. Good news, Factorio fans. Well, there will be more Factorio. Yeah, although in some ways I might have liked you know, them to make a new game and see what happened. Well, you never know. They're probably like, like while Factorio expansion is probably being worked on, they must be potentially. I think it would be unusual if they weren't already starting to do like some, some thought processes or some pre production on maybe a Factorio 2 or 
you know, unless unless they, unless factor like factor is it, and we're going to do something completely different. Well, I mean, in their blog post, they did mention like here's the things that we could have worked on and one of the options was like factorio 2 as a sequel but they were like no we we think we now that we've finally made this whole engine and like made it this good we want to continue to use this engine and not just make an entirely game from scratch <laughs> which i mean technically you could make factorio 2 in factorio 1's engine that's fine but then it wouldn't really feel like a new game that would just might yeah, as well be yeah. in its fashion <laughs> That'd be the problem. It's like normally you go. I guess you'd go down that road, and with the approach they've taken, if like there were fundamental problems in Factorio's engine that they knew about, but can only really be solved with a dramatic rewrite. But they've kind of already been doing that over the this process, I guess. Yeah. So yes, maybe they're the, bored. I think the most likely outcome will just be some kind of like actual built-in actual engine version of space exploration. Hmm. Maybe. They did seem to imply in the blog post that they wanted to do like, you know, not just what mods can do. Like not just more content built into Factorio, but like actual new systems and stuff. Because <laughs> you know, all space exploration for as fancy as it is, it is still only, you know, a mod that uses the Factorio engine. So th there are yeah. certain limits to its capabilities. Sure. And also I guess uh, I mean, how is it for this? Uh, we do, I guess we would won't we won't know this, but maybe like it's just a pure question a uh, question of like uh, the sales actually stopped. Like you know, the early access program did its thing, and most of the people that are playing it now, maybe they bought in during early access as opposed to mm. the release. So now yeah, they maybe. actually need to do something that's a, uh, you know, they're calling it an expansion, which makes me think that it's going to be a paid for thing. It's no well, longer yes, just a, a one a one point two. Confirmed. You know. So you know, money runs out eventually. Because they in that blog post they also did mention like we could have done free updates forever like Terraria or whatever, but their their market is slightly different. <laughs> mm, yeah, I think I think it's fair to say Factorio probably has up their market. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably sold most of what they're going to ever sell. Especially off the back of a happy salad game of the year award. Clearly. <laughs> potentially up to 70 sales. <laughs> uh, is that news? Has anyone else got anything? Uh, not much. There's just the God of War's got a PS5 patch. That's That's good. Um, although no one can buy a PS5 because there's no stock, so <laughs> relevant. That's yeah, I, I still see things on my Twitter every now and then, like admittedly most of them American, being like, Walmart's going to put some stock up in five minutes' time. And it's like, well, good luck people watching Twitter, I suppose. It's a bit last minute. Yeah. Last five minutes, in fact. But... I want to know when there will be normal supply, but maybe there never will be. Okay, I mean, I guess. Because even like oh, the Switch well, like runs out. Like I've had a Switch for years and it still runs out of stock, doesn't it? Yeah, it still does periodically. But then, but yeah, Switch Switch was out of stock for a long time. Though, yeah, that's true. At launch, I was quite lucky um, to get in there. <laughs> yeah. Although, how far are we in there? Yeah, we're two or three months into the new console cycle, aren't we? So yeah, normally this would be the period where it'd start. Yeah. Easing up a bit. I think demand for chips 
worldwide is super high computer chips because everyone's mm. stuck indoors and they all want the demand for devices in general is high and apparently the semiconductor foundries are just running at capacity it takes quite yeah. a while to spin up new new chip fabrication ability yep fair enough you still can't can't buy any uh, graphics cards can you um Yeah. Well, there was that, that stuff that came out about, like, um, uh, was it Control Ultimate Edition's, like, ray tracing update and things like that for consoles. And I'm, uh, I'm looking at it thinking, all right, no, this does make a, a decent improvement to the visuals, but it also makes a, one, a, you know, a 50% impact on the, on the frame rate. And it's like, oh, maybe I need one of those, uh, 3080s <laughs> you've got a series x i mean <laughs> I, I know but like but that's still going to take the hit isn't it like a, yeah like it is a, yeah a series x with ray tracing on is still going to run at 30 yeah it's true and it's uh it's, <laughs> if you really want to like, run at 4k 60 you're probably going to need one of those 3080s although i heard the amd ones are pretty good i can't aren't they maybe not quite nvidia but they I came don't back know. the the radians yeah, yeah. Not, i don't think they're quite caught up yet no, but um, they hit back. I know that. I think their radians are doing the thing that they used to do again, which is like fairly decent bang for buck kind of yeah. ratio. Oh, right. Okay. But just not the most bang. Yeah. It's so stupid that you can buy this supply of the 3090s, which are the ludicrous ones. So people are having to buy those, even though they're 900 quid. It's like, wow, don't do that. Yeah, that is, that is madness. Yeah, this this uh, Series X definitely outstrips my PC, but still, there are certain elements where it's just like. Mm. <laughs> well, you've got a fast I, I PC anyway. I know it's yeah, a few years old. I, I but... guess. I guess I thought we were going to be past the point where consoles gave you these options, right? Do you want performance mode or do you want graphic mode? And it's like I kind of the whole a bit of the whole console cycle for me has been don't give me the choice. Right. Give me, I think that, give me what you think is the best way to play it. It's interesting. I think that'll be more and more the thing, right? Yeah, because if, if you want to put ray tracing in your game, if you think it's important to it and its look, then put it in. Don't let me don't give me the choice to turn it off. Um if you think sixty FPS actually makes the better experience, then fine, give me that. I like I, yeah. I don't know. And I know I know I should be used to it because PC gaming, right? But then you always gun for the sixty on PC, right? It's, it's you very rarely settle for thirty on PC. Um, well, that's because you can, if you're lucky enough to afford it, you can flex on the hardware, which you can't do on the. Yeah, but I know even if, even yeah. if you can't run it at max, you would normally downgrade things, right, to to make right, it fifth to hit at that, sixty yeah. and something like that. There's, some, there's something about it, like on PC, you just do that. Oh, I do that. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, whereas on a on a console, you get what you, you take what you you're given, and it's like it's like that's fine as long as that version is, you know, not uh, compromised by the decision you made. Yeah. Then that's that's fine. Like I don't mind playing God of War at thirty. That's absolutely acceptable. Yeah. PS5 yeah. version will give me sixty, and I'm sure that'll be better. But there was nothing wrong with playing that at thirty. No. So it's so it, you know I don't feel like it was compromised by that decision. Um, so yeah, I kind of hope that goes away. 
but it might not because of Series S. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Series S might, yeah. S might be right in the way of that. Well, maybe they just need to. <laughs> maybe they just need to assume it's a purely psychological thing and have the option on the console be like show all the options. It's like you have it in console <laughs> mode where it just does whatever, or you switch it into PC, PC type mode. mode where you just actually see all the options you can set them yeah. yourself. <laughs> I mean, that's been the interesting thing in some of the most recent like Digital Foundry videos because they've you know Digital Foundry is, is such a thing now that they tend to be able to talk to the developers and literally just go okay so what did you set on the console version to make it how it's like you know so we can do a like for like comparison with pc and most of the time the developers are quite happy to say yeah it's running like this but yeah, there sure. are some console specific tweaks that you can't do on pc here and there um and i find that fascinating because it's, it's, it is kind of interesting it's been like, all right if you want the console like experience on pc here you go here are the settings you're supposed you, you need to set but you can't set this because the console's doing this specifically. Hmm. And it's, um, yeah, under the hood, that's all these games are now, aren't they? They're the same options yeah, hanging about. It's all the same, isn't it? Just and with it, a across file. And across consoles, of course, it's all x86. It's just one's got a slightly different graphics card with a bit, bit more uh, VRAM or whatever. Yeah. What we, need, what we need is some hackers to find out a way to import any files and then you can just upload your own settings onto the console. <laughs> Well, yeah, true. <laughs> true. Because, yeah, there definitely was some stuff. I think it was when they went through the Watchdog Legion's graphic settings file. And there were some hidden settings in there that weren't available on the PC and things. But you could probably set those options if you ran it the same mini file on PC or whatever. Hidden options. Also, those files are probably a good thing because when when like super powerful PCs of the future come around and you want to make your game make your game run better, um, you can just modify that any file. Sometimes, sometimes those any files act weird when you try to do that. Yeah, you worked for us for New York Race. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, for a certain definition of work, I guess. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> we got some 1080p out of it. I don't know. I was watching a donkey video the other day about graphics in general. He was just saying that, like, you know, you, you know, PS4 can run God of War, but how many games look like God of War? There's like three. <laughs> and at the yeah. time, he was like, "Yeah, there's Uncharted 4, there's Red Dead Redemption 2, there's, yeah." It's like it's the effort that's gone in and all the money that's been poured into the development of these things that make them amazing looking, not necessarily the hardware they're running on anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's accurate. I mean, these whole things are these new engines and these new technologies just to try and make it more accessible to people to achieve the same sort of results. But mm. frequently you do so at the cost of performance, um, mm. obviously. But like the studios that aren't quite so well equipped or haven't got that backing can do that, but they're not going to be able to squeeze out the performance that you'd expect because you've seen it in these AAAs. And just the demands of of artwork and stuff necessary oh, to yeah. make it look good you know just because you theoretically can like the amount of effort that has to go into an environment now to make it look to match a triple a game environment like an environment from last of us part two like, sure doesn't I matter mean, how powerful your machine is at all does it i mean i'll talk about it more a little bit later but you know jedi fallen order technically i guess falls into the triple a bracket right i mean yeah mm. it's made by respawn and not necessarily EA's standard farms, but 
uh, I think you can see like yeah. that game. That game has problems visually here. It's and weird because like the the, the the Unreal Engine and like the materials look amazing. I thought mm. like, even on the PS4, but the environments it's just like they're a bit cookie cuttery because. They obviously didn't have the resources. Yeah, I mean, it suffers from some really glaring problems here and there. Like, there are bits of Kashyyyk, which is generally a fairly good-looking area in that game. Like, there are just holes in the environment yeah. every now and then that you can spy through the vines. And it's just like, all right, fine. Or there are bits where the the there hasn't been quite such an attention to detail in terms of the character's boundaries within the environment, say. Like, you'll walk through floors on occasion. Like it won't break the game, but like the where the floor is in comparison to where it looks like it is is wrong, or floating bits of rubble. You know the, you know, the classic thing where they've yeah. added stones yeah. to the floor to add detail, but the stones aren't on the ground, and you can yeah. see that. And it's like that game is littered with things like that, um, and it's clearly the difference between you know time, effort, and money. It's it's that yeah. it's 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 it, it's there because then you've got a less powerful machine like the Switch. And you've got Breath of the Wild, which is massive, but you would not see random, you know, it's too high quality. You wouldn't see floating stones in Breath of the Wild, would you? Because even though it's huge, they've put effort into all those environments. But they don't have to go to the detail extent of Last of Us Part 2. But there's still tons of care and attention put into every square inch of Hyrule, right? Mm. Yeah, true. Interesting. Right, shall we pivot into what you've been playing then, since you've been playing some Jedi? <laughs> I have been playing some Jedi. I have finished some Jedi. That was quick. Uh, it was all right. I mean, it took me a good, good, good few weeks. Um, and I kind of mainlined it. Well, I didn't mainline it. That's not right. But it kind of drew me in. It did get its claws in me. I wasn't That's really good. playing much else aside from it. Um, to the point where Galaxy Trundle and stuff has taken a back seat finally. Um <laughs> No Man's Sky, Galaxy Trundler. <laughs> um, yeah, it's taken a bit of a backseat recently. Um, like I, I, I think my opinions on it waned the more I played it. Right. I think that no, I don't think anything quite gets to the height of the opening. It's one of those games where the opening yeah. is really good, sets the tone, looks great, is easy enough to make you feel like a badass. You know, watching um, the opening made me want to play it, and then I yeah, yeah. And the rest of the game's not that. You know, the rest of the game is Dark Souls. <laughs> right, yeah. Dark Souls um, light, though. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, very light, comparatively. But still hard. Um, but it's, light, it's, yeah. it's, there are spots that are bloody difficult in that game. And yeah, I was playing it on Jedi Master mode, which is, you know, the heroic, I suppose, equivalent on the, yeah, on the difficulty tree. But, um, yeah, there were some bits of that that were tough. And I don't, some of the toughness was great. There were definitely some of the boss fights in particular that were hard, but not in the, uh, oh, that feels broken kind of way. And those, that's great. I, like, I, I, I don't mind a bit of difficulty as long as it doesn't make me feel like I was hard done by. However, there is a pretty big swathe of boss fights in this game that feel like that, that feel like you are breaking your rules a bit here. Um, and I, I, I have a bit of a problem with that. I think I think this is like a like a a thing I now struggle with in video games is that if if something affect doesn't affect the enemies in the way that it affects me, that takes me out of it. And this is full of that. Yeah. Um. Which is you know which is a shame. Like you can 
if you get hit, you get staggered immediately, for instance, and you can get hit multiple times whilst staggered, which is a nasty place to be because you're, you're then like trying to do something with the block, and it's never going to work because you're in the middle of a stagger. It's like a fighting game. You're being mm. comboed. Um, uh, but that doesn't work on enemies in this game. You don't really combo with them. If they're staggered, they're, they, that might last a hit or two, but then they get their block back like uh, in an instant, and then you're, then you're boned and you have to try and bear out. And some of that timing is often super frustrating. Like, so you'll, you'll unleash a move because you've, you've got their block, um, you've knocked their block bar out, and you go, all right, okay, I've got some time to whip out a power here. Uh, and you whip it out, and they just block it in right in the middle of it, <laughs> in the middle of the sequence. And it's like, oh god damn it! So you're you're stopping me from using the powers I'm unlocking um, to the point where I don't think I really used many of the actual powers I unlocked particularly all that much. I just did the combat using most of the basic techniques I had from the start of the game hmm. because it didn't ever felt like I could particularly or reliably use the more powerful attacks that took time. Oh, um, there were a few tricks I picked up towards the end, like I like I didn't realize Look, obvious things I really should have toyed around with, but the but I don't know. There's, there, it felt like the game discouraged me from like its core combat discouraged me from toying around with its systems because they didn't work all that well or all that often. Um, like little things, like like the bits towards the end where it's like, oh, I can take actually take out larger games quite lot, some of the more tricky stormtroopery type people by pulling them towards me and just stabbing them with the lightsaber right. like it did a special thing i pull them towards them and then it goes into a like stab and through the chest sort of thing and um, right, on a lot of people that, that's thing. an instant kill yeah. and it's like oh right okay cool i can spend my force to take out people i don't want faster if trick, i use yeah. that approach but then that doesn't work on everyone and so it's that's difficult to try and remember who it works on and who it doesn't um and I generally found the targeting of the force powers like an absolute friggin' nightmare. Oh, like, like, so if I, if I wanted to do a push on a, on a specific enemy, for instance, or pull a specific thing that I knew I could pull to then throw back at someone, for instance, like probe droids, you could pick them up and chuck them at people, um, which is really cool. I like, I like probe droids are kind of cool anyway, but it's like just being yeah, able to throw cool. one at someone is kind of nice. Um, but, you know, getting it to pick up the right thing it proved incredibly difficult. <laughs> I I find that like lock-on systems in general in in games that aren't based around it primarily are really hard to use. Like set yeah, target, set targeting in Ocarina was fine, but I like I can't even use the one in God of War, right, which exists. And they always have like super um, subtle UI, right, where there's like a small red dot on the thing that you've yep, locked on. This has exactly that, and it's like. I, I just net don't use it in any of those no. games because I can't. And like Z targeting was great. You had to hold down the button. It went into crazy letterbox mode or whatever. Like why can't games bring something like that? Yeah, back? Gave, like, gave gave you a big marker over the thing. Like so, yeah, yeah you you've got that here, but it's a little awkward in that because you have to press right stick down to activate targeting mode, and then it does the red dot thing on the nearest to the on the nearest thing to the center of the screen. Yeah. But then, if you want to shift your targeting, you you can unlock relock by deselecting, then moving the camera and reselecting, or you can press the right stick right. in a direction, and it'll attempt to move the target. To, but it has to be someone you can see, I think. Right. Like if they're off screen or behind you, you can't just shift your targeting, which you know is a problem when you're getting swarmed and there's loads of dudes around you and you can't really move your camera around that well <coughs> to see what's going on. I mean, um, but yeah, I really struggled with the targeting system. It's fine when you're in a one-on-one. 
like right. there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, that makes it better. Like if you if you're if you're down to one on one, then target someone and fight them like that. But I as soon as you like get a, two in, people, it's a problem. I don't. Is there? There isn't a targeting in Batman combat, is there? No, there isn't. No, no, it just is sort of implicit, and I much prefer that. You have free control of the camera, and like you just sort of you know attack. I mean, in the direction that has, of that an has, enemy. And that has different problems. That still has yeah. the whole "oh, you didn't target the right guy." Yeah, thing. I, but I, I, I'm finding that games will try and mix the two, um, and they're both weak, and I, um, I, yeah. I struggle with that. Um, I'm trying try to think what has good targeting. Metroid Prime. <laughs> um, well, yeah, because that's entirely lock on. Yeah, I mean, I like the more extreme lock ons. <laughs> They, these these they're a bit too casual. These these, these days. Uh, yeah, a pr- prime is a different thing because that uh, prioritised the dodging over the shooting. Yeah, um, but I want that too. <laughs> I want to be able to dodge. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, which leads me to the the problem I think I had with quite a lot of the boss fights. Like the dodging kind of sucks in this right. game. Like. Um, uh, I mean, yes, I, I made my peace with the fact that it's not bayonetta dodging, and I always have to go through this little struggle, um, all of the time because yeah. you know I love bayonetters. If you press dodge, whatever you're doing, you're going to dodge at that precise moment, regardless if if you're in the middle of an animation, you're going to break exactly. Down yeah, dodge, it's like yeah. it's any time dodging, which is which is which feels fantastic. Um, yeah, it's a bit cheap, but um, yeah, but, but it feels great. <laughs> yeah, and if you um, like pile in all your animation technology dynamic animation technology you could make it work <laughs> yeah or you just sort of don't have to and just snap to it like that and it does i'm okay with that um <laughs> it's fine but this is very much isn't that you have to block at the right times and dodge at the right times and be out of animation and i, I made my piece for that that's fine um it's part of the game my problems with it were that I could be dodging and still getting hit like all the time. Like it's not ju- it's not like a dodge with particularly generous iframes. So like if you're uh you, you or at times there were things that just had um hit zones that were way bigger than they visibly looked. And I I there's one boss in particular that I did a little experiment on with and just literally just turned the character the, the camera to be perfectly side on and stood there blocking to see where it like the hit zone was. Moved out, moved out, moved out of range. Visibly saw the swipe come come through, and it was nowhere near me, and still counted as a hit. And it's like, yeah, you've got problems there. Like this is, like I, I don't accept that. It's got to visibly look right, and uh, as a result of that, you could yeah. dodge out of the way, look much, and frequently with certain character, um, certain enemy types, look miles away from the attack and still get hurt. And I'm like, no, this this is this is nonsense. <coughs> and I think the um, timings of certain attacks are very mean. Um, but that's that 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 I have less of a problem with. That's like the, you could get caught in one. The, the tends not to be a sequence of attacks from enemies. They have the ability to kind of throw out what they want, um, especially some of the later bosses. Um, and so you could get stuck where they're throwing out a specific sequence of moves every now and then that it's almost impossible to do anything against. Um, like so, you might um, block a few or parry a few of the attacks, and then uh, normally what would be is there would be an opening for you to then then strike. You know, you've parried a few attacks, and they they'd be staggered a tiny amount. So it's like, all right, I can probably get one sword swing in there, 
which works 90% of the time, I would say. But then there's mm. that 10% of the time where they can throw an instant out that's just that just hits you, and it's like, well, how am I supposed to predict when my opening is? If there's a way you can get out of a stagger with an attack, it's like, great, that's not... That seems like bad design to me. Yeah. Um, coupled that with the fact that there are certain attacks that just are, just feel utterly, utterly broken... Like um, your own attacks or enemy attacks? No, no, the enemy ones. Like right. the big bad. I, I guess the main antagonist for the game has a that you fight a couple of times has a overhead attack that is tracking in all the worst ways. Like uh, they'll jump into the air, they'll hover above you and slam down to the ground. Except whilst they're hovering above you, they are basically. It's not like their directionality is fixed and they're about to come down there. It's like, no, 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 that directionality moves around you and follows you. So you have kind of, like the dodge window is so unbelievably slow and stupid looking. <laughs> it's like, um, like it's, it, it sucks. It really does. Yeah. It, and, but that's the thing. It's like, it's peppered with these, these bad things all over. And we talked about some of the visual problems I had as well. Some of the animation is proper jank in spots and the camera is sometimes atrocious. But I kept playing it. I kept coming back. There is something to it. There's something about how like a parry feels. There is something about how managing a group of dudes well or taking on an enemy that you've taken on a thousand times, but then you suddenly manage to do it without taking any damage at all feels. And those those little victories mm. here and there, that is kind of compelling. And, you know, it's always fun to kind of stab a stormtrooper. I don't know. Um, uh and I, to the point where, like, yeah, I finished that game and thought, you know, the last, the ending sequence was kind of crap. Um, and thinking, yeah, that last boss fight was awful and was, ugh, why am I even playing this? I'm not going to go back to it. I'm not going to go do the collectible run. Mm. I totally went back and did the collectible run. All oh, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and got, you know, 100%ed all the stuff, all the, all the collectibles in the game. And, and uh, I don't regret it. Like, I don't know. There's something about that. But then I went into the combat challenges that unlock when you finish the game. And I don't want to touch those with a barge pole. Like so. no. Cause, <laughs> like, cause they, they always end in so the ones I've tried so far always end in, in a terrible boss fight that I've already done and hated. <laughs> like it seems right. universally Been to there, end in the worst that. parts yeah. of the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's an interesting one. I also like. I don't think the story is particularly well crafted either. Like after the, what is a cool opening and a fairly decent premise, where it goes just isn't very interesting. It's right. kind of normal Star Wars affair, really. Mm. If anything, it kind of mimics storylines from the last trilogy the to some extent. Yeah. And it's like that's not that interesting. Um, they do weird things. Well, they, the most interesting character in the game, they introduce very late and then do nothing with, mm. which is a real shame. Um, maybe that sequel baiting, I don't know. Like, it seems like they only exist to be the reason why you're alive at the end of the game. And that's that's a real bummer because they are pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, their heart's in the right place. And it is good, but I, it it fell short. I think of of where I think it uh, where where it felt like the media had positioned it, or where it felt like everyone thought it. You know how good they thought it was. Mm, mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be better than it was, but it's but it's fine. It's good. It's just uh, 
I think I had I. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those games like modern. I think my standards for buy, if I was to buy a AAA game these days, my standards are pretty goddamn high. Yeah, um, but there aren't that many. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in some extent. So yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, and I think it, had I bought this and you know instead of playing it on Game Pass, it's like I might have come away feeling feeling like yeah, eh, yeah, for yeah. Sure. And also, it's like Star Wars isn't enough to carry it, right? Like uh, <laughs> you'd have to be a yeah. no. I mean, it doesn't do Star Wars in the most fun way. I mean, yes, no. I mean it's, it it does the Star Warsy stuff well for sure, um, but it's not like Mando well. No, and uh, um, it doesn't even have that sort of it doesn't. The thing I love about Mando and the thing like uh, like Noman and I mentioned the other night when we were talking about it, the thing that's great about Star Wars is that everything kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of the technology is kind of bad. Busted, yeah, and weird. Yeah. And I didn't really get a lot of that here, if you know what I mean. Like right. none of that sort of... Um, it was almost, almost clinical Star Wars. Yeah, almost. Like I guess the prequels have more of that yeah, clinicalness, a, right? Which I guess like makes sense because it's coming from that. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like you want that gr- that griminess. That was what made it felt earthy and mm. and and like I said before, I do wish the collectibles actually had more of a purpose than just being color choices. I feel like your poncho. Naturally, I ended up picking the poncho that looked the most Red Dead in the end. Right, yeah. Because uh, when, when, when I was watching Gary play it and he was like, oh, great, I did all this. I, you know, I found this secret area just to get a poncho upgrade. I was like, if this was Red Dead, I'd be stoked to have an awesome poncho. But in this game, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, they are kind of utterly pointless here. The, the most pointless thing, again, as I touched on last time, is the, is the lightsaber. Um, right. customization thing because you can't see it it's so small yeah it's so you can't see anything and you can adjust quite a lot on it like the little tiny details of how the grip and the switch are and the, um and and more of those options unlock over time eventually you get color choices so you can have a massive pink lightsaber if you want and make the metal on it pink as well so you've got this pink beam of doom um, <laughs> so stupid and uh, no one wants pink Darth Vader <laughs> <laughs> It's a classic, no. the pink Darth Vader uniform. <laughs> Forgotten about that. <laughs> I'm just remembering how stupid the last scene of Rise of Skywalker was where she fucking buries the lightsabers. I can't remember, remember that. Yeah, she's like, she goes back for no reason to the fucking last family homestead and buries oh, like yeah. these glide walkers and then this random lady's walking by so he's like i used to know this family who are you and she's like i'm ray ray star wars <laughs> 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 sorry skywalker whatever <laughs> no that would have been even funnier yeah yeah i'm ray star wars <laughs> that's basically what she was saying cut to credits i mean ridiculous oh man yeah but she got her fucking whatever yellow scope, the yellow lightsaber or whatever. What did she have in the end? Well, I they do she... this thing. There's yeah. a sequence in Jedi where it's like they, where they make it suggest like you can make these things whatever you want. Like they, he holds a crystal up to the light and you, and like angles it in front of the camera, and that's how you pick what color your lightsaber is at that point in time. Right. Like they can just be whatever you want. That's <laughs> not. It's not a thing. The whole blue green thing, nothing. 
well, I think that's that is technically sort of canon, though, right? That they I mean, say that now, they, they only choose blue and green because it's sort of traditional. <laughs> it's not. It's not some kind of like intentional manufacturing process or whatever. It's a cultural thing, <laughs> right? But no one. Mm. It's only ever blue and green and red for baddies, except for Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's literally it, right? <laughs> I think there was a couple of yellow ones lurking around in some Were of the background Jedi. Definitely in the games, but I don't know about in in the film. You can have an orange lightsaber if you pay money for the premium content. <laughs> Oranges are a premium color. And the only reason Mace Windu has a purple lightsaber is because Samuel L. Jackson asked asked George Lucas if he could have a purple lightsaber, and George Lucas was like, "Fuck it, sure." <laughs> Nothing wrong with a purple lightsaber. It's cool. Well, that's the color I chose in Kotor. I seem to remember. <laughs> Do but I had two dual wielded, with a short one and a long one, right? Like a like Japanese style. A stubby one. Yeah, stubby one and a, and a, katana, a katana one and a and <laughs> the short one. Yeah, so ultimately it was all right. It grabbed me more than I was expecting, but it's it's not as polished as you might think. No. Uh, yeah, they haven't quite got the Metroid Prime, the, you know, the, the was it the Metroidvania-y stuff quite right. They need to have some other system at play here. Still sad. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been amazing, but still sad that we never got to see that thirteen thirteen thing. That did look. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's vaguely interesting. Still, that was definitely grimy Star Wars. <laughs> grimy Wars. Grime Wars featuring Skepta and <laughs> Stormzy. Brap, brap. What else have you been um, Not a huge amount else, to be honest. That was the that was the bulk of it. I've started playing Gears Five Hive Busters. What is, is that? It's their free. Oh, well, not free. It's their DLC campaign that came out pretty recently. Um. Which is obviously free to Game Pass um, subscribers, um, but the idea is is that it's a, a new campaign with new characters. Well, I say new characters. It's trying to explain how the squad that is part of the escape game mode came together, like their first mission or something. Um, so, escape if for if you're not in the loop was the thing that they showed off at E3 with their stupid basement under the stage thing. Um, where it's the idea is is that you you know a gas bomb has been placed in a hive uh, and you're trying to fight your way out of it before the gas overtakes you and that's a that's a multiplayer sort of co-op mode that's been in gears 5 um so this is based off the the squad mates you can choose for that mode and uh, uh and your escape from uh, you know how how they came to be the hive busters i guess uh yeah and so I'm, I'm fairly early on in that, and it's, you know, it's more gears. It's, it's, I don't know quite what else to say so far. It's just more gears, just without Marcus Phoenix's awesome voice or the Coltrane. You know, <laughs> it's, it comes back to what I was sort of alluded to at the start of the podcast. There is something about current gears that just doesn't uh, match the magic of the originals. You just don't quite feel at home on the rails. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Right, no it's in... just not a smooth enough ride. 
ain't enough fools for this man. Just, just a. So there's something missing. Uh, it's uh, like I don't know if whether that's the enemy designs or the, the encounter designs in general, or somehow or how they've focused the combat more on numbers. I think it, maybe it has the Halo problem, right? That there's probably mm. more going on, but not necessarily each little individual fight within that more being quite so satisfying. The core gameplay loop. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the original, it was a lot about trying to get those blooming grenades into those holes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, it still has that periodically. You still have to, yeah, swarm holes or whatever. You know, they were e-holes in the original game, e-holes. but like they're just like some kind of swarm thing now because they're the swarm, not the locust now. Uh, yeah, there's Rody, a roadie running around trying to, <laughs> trying to, trying to cut people in half. Yeah. I don't know. I think. It's, it's, yeah, it really is hard to describe exactly what's off about it, but it's yeah, it, it, it's so it's it's more of that. I mean, it looks real nice. This is I'm, I'm playing it on Series X as well, so that's this is my first. Um, mm. You know, I played the previous two on PC. I played Gears Five and Four on PC uh, primarily. Um, so it's while it looks really nice and like it runs at a native 4K, um, and the quality is right up there, and I'm getting HDR and things this time so like there are certain things that do look do look really properly nice it's not a perfect 60 Mm. like it targets 60 frames per second but there are definitely moments in the opening scenes where it is chugging a bit yeah so it's like it's not yeah not a perfect conversion i think perhaps they should have thrown in some dynamic res or something here to to smooth that out it's not great it is making me think it's like oh maybe i should have just fired up the PC version and played it there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have got 4K out of it. But it might have been a slicker experience. Hmm. So that's a, that's a little bit disappointing, because I thought I kind of thought Gears was their flagship Series X kind of thing, if you know what I mean, in, in, in lieu of actually having a brand new Series X game. Right, that's the thing. They don't have that, so they've got to show off somehow. And they've yeah, got a, sort of. a theoretically scalable PC game that they can show off. With. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, I think I was expecting a little more from a, from the performance side, something a little slicker on, in that regard. Um, which is a shame. I haven't noticed it during like the main gameplay sequences. Mind, it seems, seems to only seem to be when you're like wandering around the environmental sections, where I guess they know they can do more. You know, just with the with what's going on around you, the, the performance doesn't matter too much. Um, yeah, so does that. It seems seems all right. The other thing I tried on it though is like what well, because it's it's a it's an interesting structure on Series X in that you you when you install Gears Five, it doesn't install everything. It'll install, uh, I think it installs the first act of the campaign, and that's it. When you launch the game, it then gives you the option to be like, all right, what else do you want? Um. Which I, which sort of, um, caught me by surprise. So I loaded it up thinking I was going about, I was just going to jump into Hive Busters and it goes, no, we haven't downloaded that yet. What else do you want? And it's like, well, I want Hive Busters, but I don't want the multiplayer. So get rid of that. And I don't want all these other things. Just, just download what you need for Hive Busters. So when did that, but obviously it, by that point, it had downloaded act one of the campaign because that's part of the mandatory install. So I started playing a bit of that and, um, 
yeah, that was where I first noticed the performance issues. But it had some fun mutators I could turn on now. Oh, yeah. So I tried turning on the replace Marcus with Batista option. <laughs> which is, I just find it, find bonkers. It's like they take Marcus Phoenix out of the game and just put Dave Batista in there. What? And it's not even like a characterized, like they still call him, Mar- the other characters still call him Marcus, but it's like, it's, it's just Dave Batista. It's not even. That's pretty dumb. It's not even really him trying to be Marcus or anything. Like, so he, it, all, all, of, all, all of his lines have been redubbed as well. So it's not even Marcus's voice anymore. It's Dave Batista's voice. And uh, honestly, it's not as good as Reed as Marcus because Marcus is awesome. So it doesn't, it doesn't quite work for me, but it is weird. <laughs> and I really appreciate that weirdness to some degree. Um, but even better, they've added a vocal gun noise option. <laughs> oh no. So you could just play through the game with shotguns going, ba blow, ba It's awesome. I love it. That is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Every game should have that option. It's fantastic. <laughs> like the snub pistol, which is like probably the worst gun in the game, but even that sort of still goes pew 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 pew. <laughs> it's, it's great. We've come a long way since Grunt birthday party. Hooray! Which, you know, is still in every Halo game. Of course. And it still plays that sound effect, and I'm still happy every time I hear it. Yay! Uh, yeah, so that's Gears. Um, what else have I been up to? I played eight hours in pretty much one sitting of open TTD. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I got dragged into a multiplayer game by the Cambridge crew yesterday. Uh, and I thought, it's like, oh, we're just going to have a little experiment. It's like, no, these guys are pros. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, an eight hour experiment is still not a little in, in any case. <laughs> well, I, I bowed out at one point. I took a two hour break because it would have been a 10 hour session. <laughs> they, they were still going when I came back and was just like, all right, this is still running, is it? And so I jumped back in again. Yeah, they're, they're quite good at that game, as it turns out. They're at home it's, on the rails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. I did my usual thing of building a truck army at the start of the game, which is not the greatest way to make money fast. I was still profitable. I was pretty profitable, and I managed to, you know, I, I effectively, you know, won. In, you know, I won open t- I won transport tycoon in the sense that I got my. Uh, Your fundamentals you know, good lo- enough that. You yeah, I wasn't going to lose at any point. Yeah. I wasn't going to just fail out and have Invested no money or anything. Although like that. that's not but... very difficult to do. In no, really. Given that I haven't played it for what must be getting on for twenty years, yeah, <laughs> I was reasonably happy. Uh, yeah, so I put I, 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 conveniently thanks to the like packs you you'd put on my PCs uh, from a while back. I could put the original music pack in, so I didn't have to use their skanky MIDI, which isn't yep. as good. Um, I was using their sound pack though, as opposed to their um, uh, the original sound pack, just because the the quality is a little bit crisper. But yeah. it's not. Sometimes they're kind of okay. It was okay. The main thing is the yeah. graphics, though. Yeah, so I pulled down the Z Base graphics cat graphics pack, which is the the like HD basically. Yeah. Um. So you could go all the way to maximum zoom, and it's still crisp. Um. And that seems fine. I think it loses some of the character, yeah, um, of the original. But it's uh, 
I think I, I, on my display, I think I prefer it using that. Because um, that's the other thing. Like, you know, if you're running on a 1440p or a <laughs> 4K monitor, as one of us was, um, like, I, that interface is tiny. <laughs> like, super tiny. Yeah. And there, there are options to double it and quad it, but they look awful if you do that. Like, because it's not even doing any filtering or any kind of clever vectoring. It's just pixel graphics scaled up and it looks bad. <laughs> so, yeah. It does mean you can then have just a billion windows open, though, at once. Yeah, that is kind of helpful. Because, like, sometimes you need to have every train on a certain line open at the same time. <laughs> mm, yeah, because I, I, I ran into that problem eventually where one of my train lines was just so problematic. Like, I could not figure out how to make train nine and train two not run. Well, they didn't run into each other. They didn't crash, but they always ended up outside a station just facing each other and neither of them going anywhere. And I'm like, well, why did you why did you do that? You, like, this station has three different lines, like, and only two of them need to be used. You could have picked, like, any of the other lines, but no, they always went for the middle one. God damn it. Train system is stupid. And how do ships get lost when they're traveling in a straight goddamn line? They don't. That's a, that's just a, like a it's a that warning is based purely on travel time. And because ships are incredibly slow, if you have a too long a ship line, they'll always tell you that they're lost. Ugh. Yeah. So I ended up <laughs> ended up building a ton of buoys and like messing with the uh, the order list to try and get rid of those. Turns out though, as soon as you get aircraft, it's like you've got no problem. Like, well, yes, it's like you just, you technically. Just, you just make, make more money than I've ever had before in the game, like, almost immediately. Yes, technically that is the main problem with, like, if you're playing that in a multiplayer game where you're where the goal is to, like, win or, like, get the most money, then it just turns into aircraft wars, which is not really, like, that's no fun. Railways are no. always cooler. <laughs> that's what I mean, yeah. A lot, of, a, a lot of the players after I'll just be like, yeah, I'm bored of the helicopters now. I'm just going to make stupid-ass ass rail lines. And there were some stupid-ass rail lines going on. In, in fact, there was one... <laughs> There was just this, there was this bit of road because you can't build like diagonal roads in no. that. Like they always have to be at right angles. So there was just this one road that was just like a constant zigzag that that someone had put a sign on it saying it. This is the colossal butt road. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like yeah, okay. It seems like they should adjust the aircraft then because oh maybe that wouldn't be true to the game. But like well, I mean, I think there is a there is some balancing even in just I mean, like base open TDD that makes it less stupid, but it's still stupid. Yeah, because in I mean, real life, thing, it's that pretty game is... niche, isn't it? Air freight compared to rail. I mean, like, I didn't so even wasn't, I wasn't even using freight. This was just passenger. Yeah, oh right, oh I see. Like, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Actually, I think passengers are actually more overpowered because like the 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 like return on passengers falls off much quicker with time so transporting them by plane between two places far away because you're transporting them so quickly because the planes are fast you make so much more money yeah mm. that's like real life i suppose <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was um that was more fun than i expected honestly <laughs> i sort of went into it with some um uh you know some reservations to be to be like this is this really what we're doing it's like we could be playing Ultimate Chicken Horse. Well, also the other it's... the other trouble with multiplayer transport tycoon is like you have to agree not to be dicks <laughs> at a certain point. Uh, I mean, it was a fairly gentlemanly arrangement, but there were certain <laughs> moments where there was just yeah, where there was some some backhandery going on, like buying all the like there were certain things about Transport Tycoon I clearly didn't realize were things. Like, so people were like doing the thing where it's like to 
there are only a couple of players that had like truck networks going and it's like then you do the thing where you block all the roads by causing a roadworks town yeah towns <laughs> coming you there do their do their road that's definitely a dick move yeah uh, or yeah buying up all the land around an area so they can't finish a train line that's something. the real dick move yeah <laughs> the buying land thing is so ridiculous I, I see i didn't know that was a thing until they started talking about it i'm like sorry what what are you doing <laughs> Like really, the only like the legitimate use for that, as far as I'm concerned, is like when you're about to start up, like pumping a town to make it grow, you buy up like the place where your train station is going to be, so that the tra- town grows around that area, but you don't have to immediately build the train station there. Right, I see. Yeah, so I never really figured that part out because we played up from the 50s to the late 80s, I think. Right in that time period and uh i never really got to the point where the town seemed to be growing all that much not in my area anyway well there, yeah there are some towns that just like basically don't grow and some that grow yeah. like, you have to like look at the town info and be like is this a good town or not <laughs> it, it didn't seem like there was very much growth at all going on in my area which i think was a bit of a problem but uh i finally like boats were basically my saving grace in that game like i was i was borderline like not really able getting to get rid of my loan until I started building oil networks with boats. Hmm. And then then suddenly the money just started flooding in. And it's like, all right, I'm good now. I anyway, open TTD. That was kind of fun. I don't think I want to do that for a long time. Maybe another 20 years' time. We'll, <laughs> we'll be back in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. That was all right. But yeah, these guys clearly, were clearly good at it. It's like, I wasn't last, so I'll take that. <laughs> like, I was fourth out of five of the five of us that were playing it on the profitability list but i was third in the games rankings but the games rankings are kind of stupid like so if you like if you have any vehicle that's not making a profit you immediately lose 100 points off the rankings table and it's like and and like there are several categories but they all go up to like uh, all ranked between zero and 100 so you need all your vehicles to be profitable to have this profit margin thing not be zero (laughs) it's um so yeah i think i was winning because slightly above that because i hadn't pissed off the local authorities and that was it <laughs> um that was the only reason i was third and not fourth on that graph so yeah th- those rankings were a bit dumb but uh but yeah that was that was all right that was all right uh yeah i think i'll pass the torch while i i can't think of much else that's that's worth talking about i think at the moment I thought about jumping into the medium uh, as my next Series X game because, you know, technically it's the first Series X exclusive. Um, but I didn't like... Yeah, the reviews weren't quite as positive on that as I'd have hoped and then I saw some footage of the game and like, oh, that's probably going to bore me to tears. <laughs> um, so I'm not doing that. Um, the Falconeer has just come out on Game Pass, so I might try that. But also Control is turning up on Game Pass... Um, I don't know if the Ultimate Edition is turning up on Game Pass, admittedly. It might just be the regular version, um, previous-gen version. But that won't matter because the PC version is also coming out on Game Pass at some point. Mm. So I might, I'll might, I'll probably look at that. It's also coming out on PlayStation Plus, as it turns out. So everybody's happy. Everyone can play Control. <laughs> well, some version of Control. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the Ultimate Edition coming out on PS Plus. So if you've got a PlayStation 5, you've got no excuse. Total control. Right, what have you been playing, Zach? Um, well, 
we've continued playing the multiplayer game of Factorio, although I feel like it may fall off fairly soon, mainly because I've also been experimenting in a separate save by myself. And like this mod that we're playing, the Pyandons, has like a mm. real cliff once you reach blue science. Like red, it's, a, it's generally a pain in the ass at all levels because it's just so complicated. But like red and green were manageable. But when, you, when I started looking ahead at like what you actually need to do to even get any blue size, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure our multiplayer game is going to survive this. <laughs> <laughs> right, too complex to coordinate. And uh, the other thing that's been a problem for us in multiplayer is because we didn't know better at the start when we first created the map, we're using like default Factorio biter settings for the enemies. And Panadons is weird because because it's so slow to like do anything because it just makes everything more complicated because the enemies evolve based on not just pollution but like time they can like start getting ahead of you because you're just you're not able to progress as fast as you usually would to be able to get all the military options and making the science packs to unlock the military options is also more expensive than everything so we've definitely reached the point where because you, because the Pyranodons buildings don't base, it's really weirdly balanced where almost all of the buildings don't make virtually any pollution, except for like just one or two that make tons of pollution. And then you also have the, like the sort of natural buildings like tree farms and whatnot that absorb pollution. Mm. So it's very easy to never cause the enemies to attack you by pollution because you've basically you have your your like polluted polluting buildings, but then you counter those with like tree farms or whatever, so the pollution never escapes, so it never actually aggro's the enemies. <laughs> so it's like we don't get attacked, but we also can't expand because now the enemies are too tough for us to kill to get them out of the way to expand the factory. Is this like you were trying to surround the the coal power plants with trees in SimCity 2000? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same concept, but like. We may just about be able to get away with it using a few like awkward tactics and, and a couple of weird unlocks that we might be able to clear out some space. But as I've said a couple of times, it's like it's totally fine, providing we never actually trigger an attack. Because if we do trigger an attack, we're probably basically screwed because our, right. all our guns are shit <laughs> and all the enemies have evolved. Right. So we have to be very careful every time we set up a new like production area to be like, okay, what, how many, what's the pollution value that's coming off of all these buildings? How many tree farms do we need to build to counter that? <laughs> to make sure you don't aggro these super powerful enemies you've got no defense against. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, that's still complicated and crazy and awkward. But you know, I, I, we may not be playing it much longer. <laughs> I think is the general feel of what I'm getting. Although, you know, the enthusiasm is, the enthusiasm is certainly higher than it has been in our previous multiplayer games. And it's lasted longer already than probably any of our previous multiplayer games. <laughs> so maybe I'm wrong. Um, hmm. I played more Stardew because I'm trying to get to like the new content in that. <laughs> and I finally got to year two when supposedly the new content might be happening. I still haven't really seen any of it. I've, I think I've got to the point where I can unlock because you get you get a mission to like help the fisher dude repair his boat, and then that takes you to the new island. I think is what I understand, and I think the new island is where most of the new content is. And I'm not entirely sure that is like a year two thing. I think it was just sort of coincidental that I got to that at the start of year two. 
but it requires some quite high tiered materials to repair like you need five iridium bars or whatever to repair the anchor so it's still it's kind of inherently a year two thing <laughs> you have to have got to that point in the game anyway to actually have the materials to repair this boat and i guess the one bit of new year two content i have seen although maybe it's calling it new year two content is overhyping it a bit is the, like when you come back to the um you know events like the town fair and all that stuff they have new dialogue now for the second year so they don't say mm. the exact same things <laughs> which you know is nice but not really that's not really new content and i'm pretty much at the point where i'm just making tons of money and the farm basically runs itself at this point where i've got like the greenhouse is planted full of nice expensive crops and the tiny part of this the seaside farm that you can use sprinklers on i've just got some crops there as well <laughs> Right. So you've got this huge area of land that's basically completely useless that I'm now just filling with fish ponds because <laughs> because it's like you're not going to farm it and animals are too much hassle. Fish are nice and simple. <laughs> you just put them in the pond. <laughs> fish are simple. Occasionally you, they want you to throw in a like item to upgrade the capacity of the pond, but then that's it. Then they just generate items over time. Every morning you just wander around and grab them and that's it. <laughs> they just create stuff. And it's quite a good use of the, the space on that farm, I think. I mean, animals is probably better in terms of like money because fish aren't great for money, but building the fish ponds is cheap and it takes much less effort than going around and like petting and milking all your animals all the time. Do you real farmers go around and pet their cows all the time? <laughs> Man, that would be a hassle. <laughs> yeah. If you had to pet each individual cow. Might get more milk that way. <laughs> I guess you don't have to pet them inside you, technically. <laughs> but otherwise, they're never going to get their hearts off and you're never going to get the big milks. <laughs> <laughs> the big milks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the big milks. <laughs> and actually, it's kind of awkward because in order to complete the collection, or well, there's an achievement for, like, export every item, so you have to sell one of everything. And I forgot to ever sell a small milk, and now my cows only make big milks. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I might have to just, get a might, cow somehow. Yeah, I might just have to get another cow just so I can get a big, a small milk, and then be like, okay, good. <laughs> and now sell off one of my other cows, I suppose. Because the other thing is, like, when their hearts get higher, they sell for more. <laughs> so, like, petting them actually increases value. <laughs> <laughs> But selling animals for profit is just like that's too long term to be worthwhile. It's just like a small bonus if you if you keep an animal for a long time, I guess. I'm kind of fascinated by the fact that you can, uh, like, you, you you sell your milk based on what each individual cow has produced. Your small milks versus your big milks. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm just I'm just wondering if there's some kind of like chemical difference in the two, like as well. Like small milk is like skimmed or something. But well, the, the thing is, is, like the small milks and big milks can also have the quality levels as well, so they could be like gold or silver quality, <laughs> as well as being gold, small or big milk. <laughs> big gold milks, <laughs> big gold milk, and then you convert them into cheese. But the cheese only has... If you use small milk, you only get regular cheese. If you use big milk, you automatically get gold cheese. But then you can put the cheeses into casks and age them to make them higher quality. So you can get, like, iridium cheese, which is the level higher than gold. <laughs> <laughs> iridium cheese. That's just a so, funny concept. 
aged iridium gold big milk cheese. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, that's Stardew still. That's been continuing. And then the no- new thing, I guess, because I said I was going to do it and it turned out I did. <laughs> Dyson Sphere program. <laughs> Otherwise known as Patreon Annihilation Factory. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in there and, and tried playing that and it it's almost suspiciously like Factorio in some ways. Oh, yeah. It's like this is a little too like we just totally ripped off all of the like, all <laughs> of the concepts of Factorio. Where where it's like oh there's the first assembly you get assembly you or what do they call it do they call it assemblers I don't remember <laughs> it's, it's going to be a whole confusion of terms between Factorio and Dyson but like the first assembler type building you get runs at 0.75 speed which is technically the second speed that you get in Factorio because the first one's a 0.5 in Factorio <laughs> but I, it's just like it's completely unnecessary and I've always found it really annoying in Factorio as well it's just like why. Why, like, not whole numbers? It just makes maths so much more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> At least in Dyson Sphere, it's, it's like 0.751. Actually, I don't know what the last one is, but I think it might be two. So it's good. Because in Factorio, it's even more really annoying because it's 0. 0.5, 0. 0.75, and 1.25. <laughs> just like, no whole numbers. <laughs> Inconvenient maths the whole time. It's also a failure of marketing, really. If you think these, you know, the people that made the assemblers, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't try and sell you a half-speed assembler. No, they tell you a one-speed, and then yeah, they tell exactly. you a double speed. It should always start at one. Why is point five even the base value? <laughs> it's like CD writing, isn't it? You didn't buy a point five CD burner. No, you bought a CD burner, and then they eventually got eight times burners. And yeah, no, I want the point five burner. <laughs> And it's always been doubly ridiculous in Factorio once they started getting rid of some of the other speeds. Like, chemical plants used to be 1.25, but they got rid of that and just changed it to 1. <laughs> and so at a certain point, it's like, why do any of these buildings have speed? Mm. Assembly machines are pretty much the only thing left that has different speeds. But I guess that's because there are three tiers of them, so they kind of need to. Whereas, like, chemical plants, there's only one chemical plant, there's only one oil refinery. <laughs> Anyway, Dyson Sphere program essentially the same thing. There's only one chemical plant, it runs at speed one. <laughs> Weird. So yes, yeah, so it, it does seem in that way, like almost suspiciously like Factorio. Where even even these sort of weird, almost bad things are kind of the same, which makes it very familiar in some ways. But the one thing that Dyson Sphere program is definitely lacking, which again, I mentioned this in the game of the year, is just like Factorio has again ruined every other game of its genre by just having blueprints and copy and paste and all those right. awesome features. <laughs> because as soon as you mm. get into Dyson Sphere, I'm like, oh man, this sucks. Every time I have to demolish something, you have to like individually click or drag along a line of belts. So it's just like, I just want to drag select this and have robots destroy everything. Because actually in Dyson Sphere, you start essentially with construction robots that you'd have in Factorio, where like whenever you build anything, a little robot flies out and actually places it. Mm. So it's the same when you're when you're demolishing things, for some reason the robots don't come out, they, the buildings just instantly go back into your inventory. But you can't, like, drag select to do big areas of demolition or anything. You have to individually click on everything, which kind of sucks. They must be playing Factorio. I guess yeah. they just haven't got around to it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, obviously this is also early access, so things are going to change. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That could well be a feature that they'll get in. Well, actually, I think I think 
drag select demolition will probably be quite an early feature because people have definitely been complaining about it. So the, 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 the problem is that they've ripped off Factorio and the problem is they haven't ripped it off enough. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, the, in much the same way as Satisfactory is having the problem of the Factorio blueprints and how they're going to get that to work in Satisfactory, Dyson Sphere might have the same problem slightly of it being a 3D world. But in Dyson Sphere's case, it's because you're on a sphere. Right. Because like when you're at the equator and you're on a square-based grid, as you go further north, the lines start to converge. So the grid like changes shape. Uh, mm. And they've tried to counteract it by like there's a certain point where as you go further up the north, there's just like a break where the grid doesn't align any longer and it resets the squares to like full size. And then that happens again further up towards the pole. But they haven't quite done that enough because towards the top of each of those grid sections, you can get cases where buildings don't align the same. Like you yeah. can't build a belt immediately next to this building any longer because it slightly overlaps the hitbox or whatever. There must so have been a better way to organize the grid for that, surely. I don't, I don't know. Making grids on know. spheres is always a problem. Yeah. Like hexagons is technically the best option, but that makes the whole game completely different. <laughs> yeah. So guns are the best of guns. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so that's kind of also... I don't, it's kind of making me just build at the equator, which is, I guess, a sort of a gameplay mechanic. I'm <laughs> just like, I want to build where the grid is most grid-like. <laughs> kind yeah. of avoid these problems. Avoid the polar regions. <laughs> well, you, you do want to build in the polar regions for certain things, like if you want to use rail guns to launch solar sails into the Dyson Swarm, you want those at the poles so they have the longest amount of sunlight because of the polar day or whatever. Or if the planet has low axial tilt, so they're permanently on in view. Which is actually where it gets really cool. It's like that, for as much as it feels like a slight, like slightly lesser version of Factorio in terms of like the gameplay and everything, it does have a pretty a large amount of coolness factor to mm. it. Because it's actually cooler than I thought it would be. Because you build, you you don't get the you get the swarm before you get the sphere, which is like you're launching solar, you know, individual solar panels essentially, and you have these big rail guns that shoot them into the orbit. But you actually, you firstly you can actually configure the orbits so you can create different orbits, like you can have multiple different rings of solar panels at different alignments around the sun. And you can set how far away they are and like yeah, what cool. angle they're tilted at and that kind of thing. It's actually kind of, unfortunately, I was slightly disappointed that it's kind of pointless. Like putting the orbit really small so it's closer to the sun doesn't increase the power output. <laughs> oh. Which is a shame. It ought to be inverse square law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, then, then there'd be no reason to not have the smallest orbit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you so can there's have that more surface area, right? So you could have more. Well, yeah, that's true. Again, but then you're that, the Dyson swarm is sort of a temporary measure towards the sphere, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But so then you you have the rail guns that can that shoot the the solar sails into orbit, and they actually have to have line of sight, and it's actually you know the planets are rotating, so you have a day night cycle, and so they can only shoot when they during the day essentially, and then the planets can have axial tilt. So if you've got a planet with like. Mm almost zero axial tilt, then you when you build at the poles, you have permanent line of sight to the sun because, well, because the, the buildings one that, are tall enough. <laughs> the one that can see. Oh, I see. They're tall enough to... To like, account for the tiny amount horizon. of obstruction of the curvature of the planet or whatever. Right. But because, you're, because the axial tilt is, like, low, you don't get, like, polar night or whatever where it's actually facing away from the sun. Mm. 
So I've got one planet in my starter system that has like one degree of tilt. So that's where I built all my rail guns on <laughs> on the poles. And the same for receiving the power from the from the swarm as well. You have to build a ray receiver. So one pole of this planet has the rail guns and the other pole has all the power receivers. Right. <laughs> and then the other thing that was cool about it that I didn't expect is that it's like it's not just a like graphical effect, it's actually physical. Like you can see the rail guns shoot the shot and it actually puts a physical solar sail into an orbit and you can fly out there and actually see all the solar sails in the orbit. Oh, cool. So it's actually, cool. it's actually a full physical thing. It's not just like some, you know, yeah. graphical effect that they're doing to make it look good. It actually exists. And if you have like multiple planets firing the railguns and you look in the map view, you can actually see like the individual shots coming from the different planets at different angles. <laughs> hmm. And then, then I spent some time trying to work out, like, trying to almost do physics and try and work out, like, if I wanted to create an orbit to launch solar cells to from this planet, what would be the best orbital alignment compared to, like, the angle of tilt of this planet's orbit so that the guns would have the best firing lines for the longest time? <laughs> but then, unfortunately, the problem with this is it's kind of pointless. <laughs> it's like the Dyson Swarm is really cool and it looks cool and it's like a cool system, but the amount of power you can get out of it is so not worth the effort. <laughs> it's like just build regular solar panels on the equator and you'll get way more power. <laughs> and, uh, and also, you know, regular solar panels on the equator is a one-time cost, whereas launching yeah. these solar sails, they degrade over time. So you're having to constantly replenish them. So you're constantly expending resources for not as much power as you can get with just a boring ass solar panel on the planet. <laughs> That's kind of weird. It's kind of maybe the opposite. You'd think like the thing in space would have less degradation than the thing in the atmosphere on the planet. Yeah. I, don't I mean, it, it like in real world physics, it does make sense of like you're yeah. using these solar sails and obviously because of the solar wind, they're going to actually get pushed out of their orbit over time and whatever. Like that's how, yeah. that's how that would work in real life. But <laughs> for a yeah. gameplay perspective, you want this cool thing that you're spending all these resources to do to be like worthwhile. <laughs> I don't mm. think there's that, is there that much, if you've got an actual real satellite in geo stationary orbit does yeah. that actually get pushed around by radiation pressure presumably it does but it must it, be tiny yeah it's tiny the... well it's yeah yeah it's only because in the like obviously in the dyson swarm concept these are like huge ass right right they're things. gigantic yeah. they're not yeah and also they're super thin is the other idea yeah it's like yeah, it's yeah. a huge thin basically, basically like space. a solar sail basically yeah like, basically yeah. yeah so that the whole point of a solar sail is to get pushed right yeah yeah like, like a sail yeah yeah, I guess. And then I haven't quite got to the point of like starting a sphere, like making the first launches to actually start putting parts onto the sphere. Which again, in the same menu as you're configuring the swarm orbits, you can actually like build the sphere. I'm not entirely sure how this system works, but you can like you put down nodes and then you put like beams that connect the nodes. And then once you unlock the tech to actually start building away from the equator, you can start like filling in panels and those get filled in with solar panels so it's got this whole actual system for building a sort of a custom sphere <laughs> it's just like a sort of extreme version of like the space launch in civilization where you have to build like a million different parts in different cities and well yeah i mean that's kind of the point of the game obviously yeah, is to guess. build all yeah. these different parts and bring them together into the one thing yeah and then i've also just got to the point where i can fly to other solar systems 
Well, I mean, technically, you could always fly to the different solar systems if you want to sit there for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I've unlocked the space warfer so I can actually just jump to a different system. And then, then start thinking about building an outpost out there that can ship stuff back where you need to build like you have to build the space warfers and then put them into the cargo ships and then they can use warp. But if you don't, then they can fly between places in like two hours if you want. <laughs> and previously you couldn't stop them from doing that, which was a problem. But there's just been a patch where you can like say, if you're going to fly more than 12 astronomical units, you have to have a space warp. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do not do that without warp capability. <laughs> you're going to run out of food. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's all robots. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, no actual yeah. people. <laughs> but yes, it's quite nice. It's cool looking, um, but it suffers from not ripping off factory sufficiently. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> but I'm sure they'll get to it. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, they have been very active with their patches thus far. I mean, obviously, the, that's the kind of thing that will happen at the start of early access, where they're just like, oh, we're full of enthusiasm and <laughs> people yeah. are looking at us. <laughs> So we've got to make a good impression and put out patches. Oh, also, I guess I should mention, because uh, it's not really important, but I guess I should mention, it's a game made by a Chinese studio, which means the localization is kind of bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes funny, but most of the time just like, this is not good grammar. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually weird because it's it's like the tutorial robot thing that tells you about all the items and whatnot is fully voiced but it's like it's it's well pronounced english but it's just reading the bad grammar <laughs> right so they've got an voice artist so I just it's just the scripts haven't been translated correctly yeah it's like they've got a good voice actor who is just reading what's there <laughs> yeah and what's there is just bad grammar and occasional weird word choices the, the one that stuck out to me was when you're when it tells you about liquid tanks and it's like what it's trying to say is if you if you demolish the liquid tank everything inside is lost but what it actually says is if you, if you demolish the liquid tank all the contents will be decimated <laughs> <laughs> that would mean you'd have 90 percent of it left. yeah that's not even that's not even technically right <laughs> could it be 90 percent left or would it just be 10 percent Oh, is that that way? Which I way? Thought... Which way round is decimated? No, decima it's... decimated is one in. You take one in ten out, isn't it? Because that's what it was in the Roman army, whatever that, where that word comes from. Yeah, because you like wouldn't a... want to kill nine ten. No, army. you wouldn't want to kill ninety percent of your soldiers. <laughs> it's pretty bad killing ten percent of your soldiers. Yeah. So anyway, that's Dyson Sphere program. Also, it's single player only. And uh, it would definitely be cool to do in multiplayer because you actually could like be in completely different star systems, building completely different bases, and then ship it all into one sphere or whatever. But it's only single player at the moment. If they do put it in multiplayer, it would be kind of cool, I think. Cool. Well, check it out. Early access if you want some slightly less slick but slightly cool or different Factorio. Yeah. And you want to build a Dyson sphere. I mean, who doesn't want to? Yeah. <laughs> By the end of cool. the, I mean, that's uh, a bucket list thing, if, if there ever was one. Uh, oh, um, I, the other thing that I just wanted to mention about it, one more very quick thing that's not quite as cool as I think it should be, is that when you're building the Dyson Sphere, it like you're still only mining like nodes off the top of the planet. It's it's like, you know, it's like Factorial or whatever, you're just mining an iron patch. Yeah. 
And like in reality, when you're building a Dyson sphere, you have to demolish entire planets to get yeah, that resources. You need the mass, literally, right? <laughs> like if you're planets. going to build a Dyson sphere in our solar system, you have to take the entirety of Mercury and probably some of Venus and Earth. <laughs> hmm. I mean, you might need all of Jupiter. I mean, you need a lot of mass, don't you? Well, it's more like the iron content of Mercury because right. it's so yeah. much iron. But yeah, it's, that is unfortunately kind of. A disappointment about Dyson Sphere program. I was hoping that at a certain point you'd just be like, "Fuck this entire planet," <laughs> rather well, than mining just these point, like sticky up nodes off the surface. I mean, the the planets will end up as the hollow spheres themselves if you, if you just mine everything inside them. <laughs> well, but it's not inside though. It's yeah. like it's on yeah. the surface. That's yeah. the weird thing, and it does have like some terrain deformation stuff. Like if there's oceans or whatever you can fill them in you can't dig them out though it is kind of annoying especially because water is a resource if you accidentally pave over the entire planet and then you don't have any access to water <laughs> you might be <Right>. screwed <laughs> <laughs> but i wanted to see a way to be like put all my buildings on basically like a, a ring world like a halo around the planet and then just start mining the entire planet <laughs> that would be cool but again, who knows what might happen in the future of this game. Maybe they will get to that point. We shall see. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. And I'm sure we'll have some more reports on it. Well, maybe. Salacasts, possibly. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so you're done with it for now, you reckon? But well, I do, still want, I do still want to see what the sphere part is. It's just like the the step between where i am and getting the ability to launch parts of the sphere is quite a large one it's weird because like the tech tree starts to dry up like you get less techs and then more you you unlock them less free well you don't really unlock them less frequently there's just less to unlock so there's no reason to do them all at once or whatever but each individual step in that process is becoming more and more of a hassle <laughs> where I'm just like, I have to bring in all the resources from everywhere and make this one specific Dyson Sphere component and then have to have a rocket to launch it. And the rockets are super expensive as well. So I haven't quite set up all the factories that I need to do that. And also I'm running into the typical problem of like, I've built all these shitty systems all over the place that I kind of want to get rid of, but that whole demolition thing. <laughs> I'd really like to rebuild practically everything on my starter planet, but it's so much hassle to go in there and demolish it all that I, it might just stay there forever. <laughs> but then again, maybe that doesn't matter because you have an entire galaxy cluster of like 60 stars and each star has like four or five, or well, three or four planets. So maybe I don't need to care what's on my original planet. Maybe I can just completely forget that even exists. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a shame to waste all those resources. <laughs> And all that effort <laughs> that I took to build it, even if it's bad. <laughs> so that's that. Cool. Just, just that? No. I mean, there's been a small amount of Rocket League and Animal Crossing and that kind of stuff, but mm. not anything much been happening. There's a new event happening in February in Animal Crossing because they are actually managing to continue to update. We're heading towards a whole year. They've nearly done the loop, and then we'll see what the updates are. Right, yeah, for the next year. Cool. Uh, year I think two. We're, we're out of time for a, for a side cast here, aren't we? Oh, there was one more thing that I wanted to say that, like, 
James Rob should play, maybe. Oh, because there's a, there's now a demo of Balan Wonderland. Yeah, I I absolutely <laughs> need to see what that is. I 100 percent need to see what that is. Apparently, there's quite a lot of Sonic and Knights in it. <laughs> well, yes, that would make sense, as you might expect. <laughs> so maybe I'll play that as well. I guess <laughs> things to do on your Switch, I suppose. Is, that, is the demo only out on Switch? Because it's coming out on other platforms as well. I've, I've only heard of it on Switch, but I don't know whether, where else it might be. Okay, I'll have a look. Yeah, I absolutely need to check out how weird this thing is. <laughs> Cat says hello. So you, might, you might hear some microphone rubbing. Right, I guess that does mean it's time to end the podcast if your cat requires attention. <laughs> Cats are the controllers of, all, of everyone. Oh, cat has no sense of time or boundaries. <laughs> well, it is cat a day, so. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. Well, I mean, well, I guess it is also, day. but not. <laughs> <laughs> every day is cat a day, but it's yeah. not technically cat a day. It's true. Well, thanks for joining us on this not cat a day, listeners. Um, what have we got going on YouTube wise? More Deus Ex coming, I expect. Yeah, yeah. There will be more Deus Ex. <laughs> if you want some cyberpunk content and your cyberpunk isn't working. <laughs> if, you want, if you want cyberpunk content as seen through the lens of 2001. Yeah. Watch me running around trying to whack people with a bat on. Um, that's on our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> My mum keeps asking me if I'm going to get around to playing cyberpunk because she bought me the, like, oh, no. the copy for Crimbo. And it's like, have you played that game yet? And I'm like, no, I'm waiting for no. the next gen patch. And it's like, but Kip, Kippers has been playing it, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Kippers is a madman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll get to it when it's rational. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will see when that is. Um, she tried. Um, and you will hear about it on the Soundcast, uh, but not next week, probably, or two weeks' time, because it's not finished. <laughs> but there That's are other games. Finished. Probably Control. We will find out. Probably. Uh, so catch you then, listeners, and for now, ta-ra.